In this episode, my featured coder interview goes bust. I usually have a set format when interviewing coders, but today's interviewee breaks the mold. Everything is different about him in a good way. He leads with heart first. Ashton Palmer is a true artist with a deep love of powder coating and a passion for myth busting the trade. This guy is easy to talk to as we roll through topics like how the coating industry is evolving from the bottom up, the artist's way and the subtleties of powder coating, the need for top-down technology to serve us better, creating a better platform for the free flow of ideas and information, and listen up, Jimmy O'Malley, a great tip on coating candies. Will I ever get to his story? Find out. Get ready to level up your powder coater game. going it's going good <laughs> heck yeah hi how's it going nice to meet you nice to meet you so nice what you guys are doing is super cool in my <laughs> opinion it's about time somebody started like doing something like this well that's great i'm glad you like it and i love your enthusiasm um Sometimes we kind of don't know what we're doing and we get kind of kind of lost on our path. And I feel like hard. powder coating in a nutshell is a very like, like mistakes, like mystique, mysticular, like, you know, everything's hush hush. Like you figured something out, keep it to yourself. Don't tell your competitor. Like, it is. you know what I mean? And no, like, it, it is. We, we interviewed it's a very uh, taboo industry. <laughs> if you go back and listen to Russell uh, Thresh ninety nine, I think it was like the third or fourth one we did. It's fascinating. I found it fascinating. In fact, it's one of my still my, one of my favorite podcasts because he goes through the history of powder coating. That's right. And, and then goes into custom coders. And how they how they ended up getting started and stuff like that. So um, I really I really enjoyed that one. But I'm a history buff and and stuff. So if you have time, go back and yeah, I'll definitely I'm definitely been sk like skimming through them and listening to a lot of them. Like Kaiser, I listen to Kaiser's. That kid is a oh I love him. He's a huge inspiration, and a lot of what he does reminds me of myself and what I went through prior to becoming you know who I am today and. It's it's crazy, man. Like this industry is a dog eat dog world. <laughs> and you're either you're either a laborer or you're an owner or you're both. So and you're still and then you're, you know, you're slave to your business, you know. It's yep. just, but um, I really like what you're doing. And I just want to talk briefly before we get going. Yeah, of course. Um. What do we want to talk about? And I mean, let's let's get some topics on the table. Of course, what 
I'm going to do or how it works is I'll introduce you. And then the first, um, Jesus, can you hear that? Yeah. Let me ask him how long he's going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> We're building the big oven right now. It's 20 foot. Oh, yeah. Are you done? I got to start my podcast. Oh, no. Well, I'll have to. He's cutting for the whole day, he said. <laughs> That's fine. We'll bust he's doing, uh He's doing the electric. He's connecting the electrical to it and stuff. But, and how uh, many do you guys go with? It's a powder coating shop. People are just going to have to get over it. <laughs> right. What, what oven did you guys go with? Oh, no, we're building it from scratch. Oh, heck yeah. Are you guys going oh. gas or are you going electric? No, we do electric. That's what I got, too. Yeah. I got it's two of them. When you say you have an electric oven and people go, what? <laughs> yeah, that's like, it's it's super, it's super, uh, like I come from, I'm in the Northwest. So like I'm in touch really big with Cardinal. Like I have a really long standing relationship with Cardinal and Alex and Clint. And they're, they're a lot of why I know my knowledge is because of them. They're, they're awesome paint reps. They've helped me get to where I was at in the industry, you know, on the industrial side. And uh, yeah, every time I would tell him, you know, I'm doing stuff at home in my garage and he's like, he's just rolling his eyes. He already knows you're like, you know, they, they cringe when they hear electric. <laughs> you know what? They don't even know. Oh, I've test. I've done some serious testing on both ends <laughs> and my stuff is like that. You can't tell. You cannot tell the difference. Well, it's so much better. And I mean, I don't I know. Spend like, thousands of dollars on cheaper. gas. It's cheaper. Yeah. I'm just going to keep my <laughs> mouth shut about it. <laughs> it is so, so good to talk to you and to have someone to talk to about this because it is seriously like the one of the deepest, darkest secrets out there. It is. There. And like, well, and like my biggest thing is, is like I went to, I got the, uh, the, the fab oven. I can't remember the full name. It's something fab. He's out of like the East, uh, like Not the Midwest. Fab. Yeah. Fab, yeah. fab, is the it? fab shop or whatever. You mean Ted's Fabs? Ted's Fabs? No, it's the fab oh. shop. Mm. But I bought his four by four by six convection electric oven and i have got no complaints right so yeah we kind of touched on it a little bit in one of our um i think in our i don't know one of our first podcasts now they're kind of getting to be kind of blurry now i've done a lot of yeah. them so like have you listened to the joe the joe powder coat show or whatever the guys from game oh, yeah, Kevin, yeah, yeah, I, I, hope I listened to one where they were talking about UV ovens. Infrared. That stuff's yeah. a trip. Yeah. In fact, I was actually talking to, um, oh, what were they? You know, I'm on the PCI committee or I'm in the membership PCI. <laughs> and uh, somebody brought that up at the meeting, you know, and stuff. Yeah, it's and, curious to where it's going to take our industry. That's what I'm curious about. I'm curious about, you know, like, is it going to leave us convection ovens and gas oven guys in the dust? Or is it, you know, it also kind of takes me back to like, you know, the actual, you know, you got to bring your substrate up to temp. We don't want our actual powder curing prior to our substrate being, you know, at good temperatures. So it's, it's a difference. And there's a lot of difference when it comes to, you know, chemical bonds and stuff at that point. So I'm, I'm yeah. interested to learn it, but then again, I'm also skeptical about it. Right. 
So um, I have something to share with you before we get going. But but to finish yeah. what I was saying is I usually just kind of introduce you and then um, and then you know that part about you know how to get in. You can take as long as you want. Um, I usually unless there's a unless there's a topic topic, um, which I think the topic could be like artistry within powder coating. Um, certainly um, what you do is so unique. And I want to clarify that you actually sell the pens on it. You're, it's a product and a finish or what? So like what I'm doing is I'm offering like long story short is like, am I like, I'm a vapor. So like I quit smoking years ago, like seven years ago when my son was born and it was like a big thing to me, you know, like, I'd smoke two packs of cigarettes a day and like that's any, you know, powder shop or any employer's, you know, problem, you know, at a threshold is like his employee smoking or wasting time smoking. Right. So long story short, like I won't bore you with the whole vaping thing. Well, I think you should tell people your story. So I don't I want to stop you right there because I don't want to get it because it's so easy to just start talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't started yet, but uh, I usually it's just like you know, take as long as you need, um, unless we have a deeper topic, but I think the topic we can just, it sounds like you and I are going to just roll. Oh, with I, could it, go. Right? I could go for days. And I'm also yeah. like, so like, obviously I'm in the Northwest. I'm in a cannabis culture area too. Like these things, this isn't cannabis. This is just nicotine vaping. This is what helped me smoke, quit smoking cigarettes. Yeah. And I'm on, I do a podcast every Sunday that is counterculture for, you know, cannabis and vaping. And I'm a big vape advocate. So yeah. Like I, I the whole right. podcast thing is, uh, well, it's no, because it's alternative. with you. Yeah. Because, um, there has been some bumble, I guess, um, about a certain person in the groups who has a cannabis thing going and they're being yeah. backed or supported on some level by, are you talking about seven ten? Oh God, please. Yes. You know about that. Oh, Are it's, you friends uh, with him? I mean, I need no, to know. no, no. I'm not. Right? I, I haven't <laughs> talked to him on a personal level, but like, I knew, I knew about him prior to what he became. Yeah. And uh, he out of his group. So, like, I don't like my big thing about the whole powder coat. Like, people that do, you know, videos and shit. Like, more power to him. Like, I, I respect you for doing something with your life. You're being productive, but. Powder coating is like, you know, with the whole custom thing and then the whole industrial thing, like there's this, this head budding of like, who's doing what right, who's doing what correctly. And when you're, you're doing stuff online and you're doing stuff in like a sketchy booth, or you don't know how to ground your stuff properly, and you're smoking a cigarette while you're trying to fucking paint. And and you just look like a hack, right? You just look like a hack. So at the end of the day, you make me look like a fucking idiot. You make Sean well, look like a fucking idiot. And that's like where I'm like, that's dude, where people be were drawing professional. a line. Yeah. Be professional. That is where people were drawing a line. And the fact that he's got like tiger dry lack. Well, that's like, the thing. So dude, last that's, Friday. That's got me pissed. Oh, no, trust me. I gave. Because no, Sean can't even do this kind of shit. No. Hell no. Hell no. And so here's the thing. I that's, that's the button. Yeah, that's crazy. And we're going to I want you to I'm glad you have samples and stuff here because I want to did this one yesterday. Yeah. I don't really see I you. saw that on your Instagram. I love Melback. 
it's one yeah, of that's so oh. weird i can't the the thing about this though is like with these dormants i don't think they have that one chemically right because that shit mars up and scuffs no matter i oh, could cure that thing for a fucking hour yeah. and it's this thin like no no uh you know we did a whole lift kit in that and unfortunately everything else i, I haven't had that problem but that one well, so what happened was we had, we've done this lift kit. The guy took forever to pick it up. It wasn't, we tried to cover it up as best we can, but you know, it still was a little bit exposed. And, um, and on top of it, we were doing some huge ass like architectural job with a 2605 and that stuff is so gummy. I have mm -hmm. like, it landed on everything and immediately bonded with anything flat. It was just weird. And so the whole, the whole shop was covered in this shit and you can't wipe it off. Oh, and then here we are trapped in your gun. It off I got, it, I got that shit coming out my gun for weeks and I like ripped the whole thing apart and clean it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I want to show you something that I'm working on and I, um, I made a present for you. Oh shit. I did. Well, sort of. I hope you think it's a present. <sighs> so we launched earlier this week. Um, and I'm going to pull this up. Hold on. I'm just. Uh, we launched a new website. I got some um, CARES money and I wanted to. Um, I wanted to do something with it. And this was part of what I wanted to do with it. Uh, so we're wrapping it up. We have, we're, we're, it's just a soft launch right now, but I wanna show you what, and get your opinion of it. But, um, so let me share my screen. So, um, I, this is a directory website that we created and the wow. directory is for consumers uh, to find powder coaters. So in my experience, you know, we do really well with the blog. Uh, my blog is like one of the top consumer blogs out there for powder coating. And I realized this early on and, and I realized that when you type in powder coating near me in your Google search, it doesn't necessarily tell you what specifically what that guy does. And if he doesn't have a website or maybe he's just on Instagram or whatever, you know, um, how do you know that that's all he does, right? Unless you right. go to his website and stuff. And so in a way to kind of define and, you know, I created kind of a directory site for, uh, for consumers to sort of marketplace who they're looking for, what kind of project they have. And again, this is just like bare bones, but we're going to add so much more to this. Um, but I, uh, you have a listing in here. I made sure of that. Heck yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh, let me. This is so rad. You're bringing so much light to what, like, I feel like, like people like us that are doing you know, like our own things and bringing like our own topics to things. It's, it's really bringing what powder coating should have been 10 years ago. Well, think about this. I mean, I don't know how, I mean, I imagine people shop from all over the world, but you know, like they could see you even more here, you know, mm -hmm. 
beyond your website or whatever. And I don't know if you're on Etsy or where you're at, but, um, or how people find it. I imagine it's Instagram, but, um, you know, how do they even know you exist? I didn't know you existed and, and stuff. So we just kind of, you know, took some pictures from your, in, from your, um, website and that, those two mods right there, that black, those, that black and that pink one is really what blew me up. Yeah, I'm sure it's ideal. It's like perfect. So here's your page. Um, you can log in and, and alter it as much as you want. So you just hit claim listing. Okay. I'm going to get rid of this. I, this is not what I want on your page. I want, uh, I need something. There's something else that's going to be here. But oh, well, like, well, eventually, like once this is up and out, you could put the link to like our episode on that page. We could. This, yeah. this is going to be, honestly, I'm going to take this as a driving force to like put your guys's name on the map, like, and just big talk up you because honestly, like I've been holding back jumping into like the actual powder coating scene. Like I've been hiding from it just because of the sense of like, I don't know how the industry is going to take that. I'm doing vape related stuff. I you think know, it's like, great. That's why I, I wanted I, to go on the podcast when you yeah, and, and see, like, I don't, I don't know that thing. Like, uh, you know, like Alex from Cardinal, he's just like super blown away by what I can do he doesn't even know you know he's like he's told me he's like Ashton you're doing something that 99% of people around the world haven't even figured out with powder no I look at the patina powder coating I mean it's gonna your guys's patina is insane <laughs> <laughs> I was I was looking at that and I was yeah. like oh I'll show you. I, we've got concrete we have wood we That's have Gordon cool. steel. See, I've been trying to get like, cause so like my background, my brother is a really, really good airbrusher and pinstripe artist. And that's really kind of why I did this with powder coating. I grew up in the background of, you know, the custom car culture and doing body work and paint work and doing collision work and, you know, really suffering and trying to figure out what life was and, once we get going and stuff, I'll tell you like the startup of where it, where it came from. But really my background, you know, lied in custom car and the hot rod industry around here. And yeah. I ended up going my own way. And, you know, I, a lot of, a lot of what I do is inspired by my brother and him, you know, having his own business and being, you know, an artist and everything. And once I started powder coating, it was like, I don't know. It took me like probably, I'd say about a year and then I started doing like my own vape stuff and then it was just like over from there. Yeah. Uh, what you're doing is just, it's mind blowing and it's only going to get better for you. I, I see that when, in fact, I was thinking, who is this guy that reached out to me on my Instagram to get on the show? And then well, I was I talking talk, to Sean, I talked to Sean. Oh, you talked to Sean. Okay. Well, so I was and talking I, to Sean the other day and <laughs> I like, I just kind of like, I don't really, I'm not a big follower of his or, you know, in, in the instance of just like out of respect, like I respect him for what he does and, and, you know, his work is speaks for itself. But at the end of the day, like, I don't care about, you know, just talking about just shit like he does. Right. I, guess. <laughs> right. I don't want to get too far into it, but um, no, yeah, but like I was, he, he's very good at it too, you know? So, oh yeah. I like, oh, I messaged him one day just to shoot shit. And I was like, what's up with 710 trying to copy your fucking, your, your sparkle? Like, 
I already know how he makes it because I'm like, my brother is really in cahoots with PPG and I've had PPG be like, Hey, you should use some of this. <laughs> and like that just takes away from the whole powder coating thing in my head. So I don't yeah. do those kind of things. Um, but I was like, I messaged him. I was just like, what's up with, you know, 710 trying to copy you and blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, dude, we, me and you need to like, sit down and talk and just kind of have like a round table to like weed out the fucking bullshit online. Yeah. I, it's, you know, I look at it. And um, then, you know what he said to me? He's like, you need yeah. to talk to Maui powder works. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's how I look at it. Um, I look at it as there's, you know, just like what you said earlier, you know, where there are some movements in a very boring market, right? It's it's an industrial market. And yet there are people like you, there's people like Sean, there's even people like 710, as much as I hate to say that word. Exactly. Uh, they're at least they're moving and shaking, right? And it's waking up a very dormant uh, industry. Uh, it's, it's like, it's disturbing an industry. It is, and it's so quiet. And almost when I talk to these industrial people that have, you know, they're, they're they've been general managers, CEOs, um, you know, sales guys. They can't even wrap their head around it. They're so into, you know, they're they're they've been working for the one same company for thirty years, or it's oh. it's mind blowing. And here we are. And okay, so I'm gonna date myself right now because I remember the 70s and uh, punk and UK and you know whatever that whole movement and then I'm going to date myself again Madonna mm -hmm. and I was in fashion back then so you know I was paying attention to that I was going to college for fashion um, marketing and um, but you know I wanted to be a buyer that's what I thought I wanted. A lot, yeah. a lot of my life and a lot of my colors come off of what I grew up doing in the 90s. And yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Trust me. That's like why you see me using a lot of fluorescent colors. And yeah. So and just bringing you know, the player back. Here's the thing that Madonna did. Madonna was on the streets of New York. Uh, she was playing around local gigs. There was a, you know, this was kind of towards the end of the whole punk movement. And we were transitioning into the eighties and she picked up on a lot of, first of all, she was, you know, a starving artist and she picked up on a lot of that fashion coming out of the world, out of that world. And she would shop at vintage markets and stuff like that for her fashion. Right. She literally pulled, this was the first time this had ever happened. She pulled from the street and brought it up to Haute Couture, which had never been done before. I mean, Chanel, um, uh, Carl Lagerfeld, uh, all of these people, um, uh, Christian Dior, they never looked at the street for inspiration, right? Mm -hmm. they, they, she somehow managed to cross over and broke through. So I think she did more for, I mean, as good as she is or how, how much she broke, uh, broke barriers in music she did the same in fashion especially at the beginning of her career and 
that had never been done before. And I, I, I've seen that before in fashion and I'm telling you it's happening in powder coating people like us that are creative and are thinking outside the box. Um, whether you've got a YouTube channel and you're just teaching people everyday stuff, or you're, you're doing, um, extreme coating on small items that are artistic and beautiful and super highly customized, or you're doing a patina powder coating or, or some other uh, strange anomaly um, that is just so out of the norm. You're breaking people's minds and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And you're, you know, it's gonna, it's, it's a tough road though. You it, know? it is. It's like a, my biggest thing was, is I started doing this because a lot of these products, you know, as a consumer, you know, trying to quit smoking, trying to find a nice mod that was going to stand up with me going to work and being, you know, dirty powder coat hands, being in an industrial shop all fucking day, you know, maybe I drop it and it breaks. All these, these products were, you know, maybe if they were made in America, they were coming with Cerakote finishes. And I'm not here to knock Cerakote, you know, Cerakote has its place and its time, you know, maybe on your gun on the shelf, that's never going to see use, but Mm -hmm. You know, Cerco is something that when you're using something every day, it's very, it just wears. And, you know, as a coder myself, I was like, I saw an opportunity there and I was like, okay, I have a, I have this opportunity to, you know, combine both of my passions, you know, with, you know, the, the love for quit smoking and helping people to quit smoke and spread that awareness, but also take my passion from a custom culture and background and and actually put something on this device that's, you know, going to stand a drop test that's going to stand, you know, the acids on your hands that, you know, it's going to stand the nicotine and the juice maybe rolling down your mod. Like it's, it's, it's things that it's more than just, you know, me, you know, locking myself in my garage and figuring things out, but it was, you know, it's, it's, it never was solving, solving a need. Yeah. And that was, that was like the big thing is like, I looked at it in like a, you know, I, I guess I could go back on if you want me to start like on how I, you know, got to where I'm at. I could. Yeah. Go um, but but first, I'm going to give you your present. OK. I haven't even given you your present yet. This is just I wanted to get your opinion on this, um, you know, and it, this might just, you know, we might just roll with this the way it is. It Our conversations just happening naturally and we're just kind of talking, talking the shit about powder coating. So, uh, you know, this is just, I liked your profile. This is exactly what I want to see powder coders doing. And I hope they're going to log in and register their page, um, and stuff because, uh, this is ideal. This is what we want. You know, uh, you've got specialty items, specialty finishes. So it's all just growing. It's just the basic thing. Jeez, hold on. Nobody's supposed to call me on a Saturday. We're closed. <laughs> Maui Powder Works. Uh, you can stop by. We're not officially open, but you can stop by. We're here now. Yeah, yeah. Come on by. Okay, see you after. Okay, sorry about that. No, you're good. <laughs> I have to cut it out. Um, but uh, anyways, I, I really wanted to show this to you uh, just because 
I knew we were going to talk and and stuff. And it, it's a it's, good place for people to go and like and put their stuff and become you know make other people well aware. Not only necessarily you know somebody looking to get something done specialized, but just people within the industry. This could be yeah. groundbreaking in the sense of you know this could help somebody that struggled with illusion violet every time they've sprayed it you know and you know maybe they've gone by the spec sheet but something's not right you know that that's that's where i kind of pride myself in is i came from like a big nasav background one of my employers was a big nasav guy and obviously he had cardinal in there 24 7 and if it wasn't cardinal it was sherman williams or it was my wagner rep or it was my my gema rep in there trying to sell me a gema or it was you know, it was, there's a lot of things and that's kind of like why I want to be here and touch on because I, I feel like I've touched every aspect of this industry in, in a short amount of 10 years. And there's a lot of things that I want, you know, to bring to, to light in this subject when it comes to even just, you know, a kid that's, you know, maybe in his mid twenties and he's been doing it for five years and he's, you know, maybe he hates his life, but he's still coating, you know, like, Those are the kids that I want to give inspiration to because I was maybe once that kid at one point, you know, like getting to the point to where you felt like you've done everything and and you've accomplished all these goals within, you know, yourself and trying to just be a good painter at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and sometimes you, that's the, the unfortunate thing about powder cutting is you live these really high highs and then you live these really low lows of like, (laughs) maybe there's a lot of work coming in and you're loving it but then it's like you finally catch up and it's done and then it's never ending or yeah. you, know, you did something really, really cool. And then like the next customer, you know, you did something just as cool, if not better, and they're not satisfied. It's a, it's, it's a juggling act. And it's, it's, a, it's a struggle. And especially when you work with a, your hands and um, it's a, it's sort of a mastery thing. And I, uh, Ross and I are both like this. We, we tend to master things and then we want to move on. Yeah, that's, you know? that's where I'm getting to. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what the solution is to someone like us. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, unfortunately, the downside of that is you're constantly creating something new, which is sounds beautiful, but it doesn't necessarily lend itself to financial um, uh, regularness or financial... Uh, because you need stability in order to, and that means sticking with something for the long haul in order to generate, you know, if you're self-employed, you've got to keep on that day in and day out where you're going to have to hire someone to, to make sure that you can achieve that day in, day out, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the problem, I think, that we, I mean, on one hand, we have so much experience, we have so much energy, we have so much um stuff to share people with with powder coaters because of all the ups and downs we've learned but at the same time um we constantly are trying something new or doing something new and we're not focusing back on what we've created you know and there is a you know it's sort of a it's the journey of the alchemist really yeah that's like what my brother told me you know like i i asked my brother because you know it's like sometimes i struggle with it and he told me, yeah. he's like, Ashton, you need to go back and look at what you've done just in the last month. Yeah. Or look at what you've done and look at what you've done in six months, Ashton. He's like, you got to go back and just put yourself in that same headspace. Or like, I'll have, I had a customer that a lot of, like you've seen that mod that had the Pharaoh on it and the beetle. And it's like 10 different colors with, you know, the 
uh, purple and violet shift and then it glows in the dark like I've had my customer be like, I want to do something crazier than this. And I've told him like, I honestly don't think I could put myself in that headspace again. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like at that point I was like working a full-time job and running my business. So I would go paint, you know, 10 to 12 hours a day, run, you know, 15 to 20 carts a day or, you know, 2000 to 4,000 feet of handrail, whatever it may have been that day. And then I'd go home and spray all night long till wee hours in the morning in my garage with my Craftsman powder coating gun and my, my convection toaster oven. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I would slam these orders out and then I would get up and drag my ass to work and do it again. And that's insane. Yeah. It's hard to keep that up. I mean, that's how I feel right now. COVID-19 has certainly. I don't think I've ever been busier. This is, this thing has made me so busy. It's been like a blessing in disguise. Yeah. How is that? I'm trying to answer that question. I cannot. uh, I think if you look at it in the aspect, like I'm really big into motocross and supercross and I've, I grew up racing BMX and and dirt bikes and stuff, but now, you know, I'm like, I'm a big fan of it all, but I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of announcing and, and one of the announcers said, he was like, you know, for, racing motorcycles everybody's racing saturday to sell dirt bikes on monday you know because dirt bike shops like that's how that's how dirt bikes are sold and bought you know whoever's winning sunday or saturday so and so's buying that bike right so when all this hit and every all the racing stopped or you know give or take it's basketball or football or whatever it may be yeah like everybody's like wait a second like they're freaking out like what's this going to do to our industry what's this going to do for sales you know, well, the first thing everybody did was like, I'm going to go outside. So bicycles got bought, dirt bikes got bought. You can't go to a dirt bike or a, or a bicycle shop right now and find what you want because they're all sold out because yeah. everybody's doing, everybody's doing and wanting to do what they've, they've held back for how many, you know, years. So it's like, it's kind of like a crazy thing. It is. I mean, for us digitally, what we're doing is we've got Maui Powerworks, but we're also opening up this digital side to our business, which in itself is its own business, you know? Oh, and, yeah, for sure. Um, ultimately, um, you know, this is going to, you know, bring consumers. It's a marketplace for consumers to come and find power coders also to learn about more about powder coating them in themselves, right? You know, cause they're on the hunt as well. Um, and so, you know, I think that it's getting there. And I think that something like this that can marry the powder coaters to, you know, um, the people that are searching for the information is, is gonna be, you know, it's small right now, but ultimately I want it to give you know, about this is a valuable backlink to your bit, to your website. Well, this is, it's valuable for, you know, like I come from like this, this crew of like these people that I do the podcast with and like that I'm on, like, if you type my name in, you probably see me on quite a few vape shows and the vaping community is something that I've aspired to like show the world. Like, because I grew up, you know, follow my brother around to pinstriping shows, doing brush brushes and being in that side of an artist's world where, you know, there's 10 million pinstripers and then there's 50,000 airbrushers and they're all got these egos and they all don't get along. And, and there's all this 
you know, animosity between each other. But when I stumbled across the vape community and became a part of it and everybody's out to help everybody, you know, like I'm out to help, yeah. you know, if somebody's trying to quit smoking, I don't want them to jump through the, the loopholes and, and find all these products that didn't help me. You know, I want them to experience it and not have to deal with that stress and, and you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And move on. And, and maybe that's what this industry needs as, as powder cutters, we need to help other people solve problems because you know what, guess what? Our paint, our paint isn't going to show up and be better because we just bitched about it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, our guns aren't going to get better because if we don't voice our opinions, you know what I mean? That's, that's the thing. We're starting to see the technology and the paint and like the guns and the paint are starting to match up with technology today. Yeah. And if we don't keep going, it's not going to get better. So yeah. like if we want things to get better, we have to want that. We have to voice our opinions. And, and yeah, and I, hate this, to, I hate to quote Russell again, but that's exactly what he said. It's time for us to band together to demand lower prices for uh, equipment, mm -hmm. uh, to uh, demand better services from these industrial companies that think that we're just mosquitoes flying around their head, and um, and to create uh, better equipment. I mean, and I guarantee you, I would put everything. I would put my business name on it. That I guarantee you, I can do something with a GEMA that a GEMA rep couldn't even figure out with his own gun. <laughs> That's awesome. Good. Like, and that's the thing like i started on the first powder coating gun i ever used back in the day when i started in 2012 at an industrial shop after i had had the sandblast for two years prior to even him letting me touch the gun i uh i started on an old nordson versa spray too out of a pressure pot and then like as time went on i moved to another shop i got to learn on a gema i learned the gema really well and then i moved to another shop and all these three shops that i've been to i was the lead coder and at all three of those shops i got to use nordson gema and wagner mm -hmm. and the, the wagner sprint x sorry to say it, you guys that is my favorite gun <laughs> out of everything i've ever used that's there's something about that double click feature gun that I could not get away from I'm I'm saving my money up for another one. <laughs> good. That's good. We need to hear about that and and stuff cuz it's just the same question that gets asked every day in the groups. Um if I have to see another one I'm you know like uh maybe that's what I'm seeing in the groups today. I I took a look um at some stuff that had been going on in the last couple of days and it seems like it's, and, and getting back to what I was saying earlier, it's like, it's evolving. It's evolving right now. It's, oh, it's, it's going fast. Yeah, it's evolving really fast on the groups. It's evolving. Um, and that's the thing. I don't want to be behind. Like I want, I want my name to be out there. I want to be able to help people. And yeah. I want to be able to, at the end of the day, I really want to be able to help companies. Like I want to, I want. Yeah. I want to be able to reach out and, and, and talk to Columbia Coatings about my cool coat benchtop setup that I've been running for over a year now, you know, and, and that's the thing, like, I don't see people doing that. Like, I, I want these companies to know that their products are working good. Right. It, it almost, when I talk to these guys and I talk to them about the products and the, you know, the equipment, it almost feels like they, it's like they've never heard what I've just told them before, you know, like that kind of, that kind of, um, unsolicited opinion 
or mm-hmm. view or whatever is marketing gold to them, but they're not used to getting it. Um, they're only used to it at their level or their high level. It's like the hot couture or the high fashion people. Um, and, um, you know, of the eighties, they, they hadn't heard the street before. Um, and that's what changed fashion from there on out. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff is much more freer and open and deregulated in a sense of, you know, uh, creativity in fashion today because of that that change that's that sea change and i i see it we're on the verge of that right now and that's why it's happening it's evolving really fast um and i i think the more the merrier at this point um i, I don't necessarily condone um you know uh some some stuff and maybe that's just me but like you know you don't want to prey on people either. And that's mm-hmm. some of the stuff that I haven't been happy with um, in terms of, you know, uh, preying on innocent people, or maybe they're not so innocent, but if they are, maybe they're asking for it in terms of like, you know, helping someone who doesn't even have a legit coding company um, represent us. I thought I get uncomfortable with, it's fine. He wants to have a digital marketing um company because that's really all it is you click his affiliate links and he gets paid uh just because he's recommending this certain brand of tape doesn't necessarily mean he knows anything about coding that's just my opinion right um but i haven't given you your present yet (laughs) (laughs) so we're about ready to promote the directory and i thought i'm gonna just take the coders that i've interviewed um, and make kind of like mini commercials because I think every coder has a story to tell. And so um, I created a sort of a mini commercial that I was going to promote on Facebook. It obviously features your, your stuff, but um, so let me get to the commercial and see if you can. Um, oh, shoot. Where is, oh, here it is. Can you still see my screen? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, this is cool. It's like a dream. It's a dream for me, like to, to put Idaho on the map for a lot of different things. You know what I mean? So that's cool. It's like I, when I see this kind of stuff and, and you guys doing what you do, it's been a, I'm excited for it. So <laughs> yeah, I did see this earlier. I seen this somewhere. Yeah, I got not bad (laughs) you're just like the marketing whiz you got your you got your husband in the back you know sweating to death (laughs) and you're in the office just making you guys' name loud that's awesome well um you know exactly i mean it's his fault i'm gonna just (laughs) right (laughs) so I had a very successful um, refinishing business. And in addition to that, we got into remodeling condos and uh, homes and and all kinds of things, you know, cause uh, you know, the, res- the great recession happened. And so we had to just wear many hats, right? And so we got into 
room makeovers and condominiums and and everything and it it, it blossomed really fast because I was already in the market and mm-hmm. so it was easy to pick up jobs here and there and you know it was a great company in the sense that it offered a lot of cash flow but it wasn't a you know a lot of contracting companies don't profit you know they just have that cash flow right yep so um that's kind of the unless you can really master the all of that it's it that really was kind of a dead end you got the, unless you got the whole contract on the whole island in your right. case yeah so plus it was high pressure and we'd been doing it for 10 years and ross was just over it and he's like you know uh we'd already had this side powder coating thing going um but you know we just decided well hell let's you know he was just giving me such a hard time of trying to um get uh stuff done you know finishing up well here comes a customer hi hey how's it going did you call i did okay let me direct you around the corner here and talk let you talk to ross Just another day at Maui Powder Works. Yeah, you guys, uh, you guys are, uh, you deal with the general public. I'm, uh, I wish yeah, if you guys ever come to Idaho, you have to come to my shop. Like, I love you that. would be mind blown because we're, we're like a by appointment only kind of. So when you walk into my shop, a lot of it's obviously my brother's artwork and his airbrushing and everything. And then there's like the candy machine I powder coated or like the tons of vices that I've done. And then like, the, the the saws in there and it's just everywhere you look there's airbrushing on the garage door there's bob or we got Jimi hendrix on the back door by my by my booth and stuff so my my nephew does airbrushing and i've always wanted him to airbrush like the oven door yeah uh, and stuff That's what Chaz, Chaz wants to do my big logo on my door and i'm like yeah oh, i don't know i know a lot of people put stickers on there but i was like i have an idea for 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 that but um, yeah, you know, um, it's, uh, I forgot what we were talking about. What were we talking about? Um, where this industry is going or where it should go, kind of just to redirect um, and giving back. I think it should just be starting with just a give and a give and a give, and then hopefully something will, cause somebody has got to start doing it. Right. You know, somebody has to get it out there at first. And I got this, uh, it's called an adaptability grant, um, through my County. And I'm like, I'm just going to do this. And I ended up getting most of what I requested. Um, and so we went to, we went right into building out the directory and, and, and getting it going. Um, but yeah, I want to feature, and talk about, as I interview people, I realize they have a story. It's like um, Victor Pate from um, Black Label has a story. He's, he wasn't satisfied and he started his own powder line, you know? So you have your story, which is, I, you know, kind of touched on in the, in the ad. And, um, you know, I think everybody has a story, you know? Yeah. And every powder coater does. And we should just be highlighting those stories, you know, and, and putting them up on the directory and, 
and seeing what happens, you know, yeah, it's just content, sure. right? It's just content. So yeah. um, I think we can, I think we can do it. I hope you like what I created. Um, Heck and, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm okay. definitely going to be a, I'm definitely, whenever you guys need help or anything like this side of things too, even with the podcast, like I'm down to come in and chat whenever you guys are available or That's great. You know, just yeah. to keep it, keep it flowing. Like, you know, I know once podcast things get going sometimes at the end of the day hard it's hard to get people on you know and and maybe you know like you know ross says you know we need a lot of people in maybe one of these days we can get ross on and just have or a couple other people and get a round table of you know things going maybe get a question yeah, i would love to do a going. round table no i you know of questions of, you know serious questions that you know from coders that we want not necessarily answered, but we want, you know, questions asked to us and then we can relay information because at the end of the day, we're the people using the products and, you know, and dumping the paint. Let's do that. I think, um, you know, and, and I'm just, you know, at the end of the day, what can it hurt from like a bunch of people at the end of the day that are really behind the gun with the experience, you know, cause at the end of the day, a lot of these reps would come in and they'd be like, Oh, your, your gun's set up wrong. And they would set my gun up and I'd be like, look at my boss and I'm like, this is what they think transfer efficiency is. And I'd spray it and more than 50% of it's hitting the ground. <laughs> you know, you're like, that's not how my gun's set up, dude. Like, and that, and that's the thing, you know, a lot of these, I've seen a lot of these reps come in from Sherman Williams to be exact, and they don't know their fucking foot from their ass and they're right. selling Wagners and they're, and they're trying, you know, it's just like, it's yeah. like, you know, at the end of the day, my boss told me one day, he goes, dude, a rep really isn't a rep today. They're a fucking salesman. Right. You know, like at the end of the day, they're trying to sell you what their product is and it's the best. Yeah. You know? And that's, and that's kind of like in the groups too, why so many people ask that same question over and over again, you know, which gun should I get? What, you know, I just saw it. What again. gun you should get is what gun you know how to work the best. Right. And what tailors to your, your environment, your, your, what applications you're doing. Like, you know, and but like, so if you go and I, you know, we're in Hawaii, so we never attended any, we never went to powder X. We never went to like, um, powder coating week and done the one-on-one class or the one Oh two over there. We never done any of those things. And so like it, have you ever done those? And I got the opportunity to do uh, a seminar with forest, but so I didn't get a go because the shop that I was in, I was, I was the only painter for like the two years that I was there until I quit. And that was like the thing I was told I was going to be flown out to PCI and I was told I was going to do this, or I was told I was going to be featured in PCI mag and all this crazy stuff. But at the end of the day, it was like, no, you still got to paint and, and do this stuff. So I felt like at the end of the day, if I did go to any of those seminars, I would have a lot to tell and, and to teach. But I felt like some of the things like just from experience of like certain reps coming in and kind of like confusing me, and taking away and like almost setting me back like a week or, or give or take, you know, like I did a lot of, I did a lot of spring in my industrial career. <laughs> and yeah. I felt like some of those things were, they were, they were awesome when it came down to learning chemicals and, and, and just learning, you know, the whole chemistry behind things and understanding, you know, primers and, and, and zincs and stuff and how you shouldn't spray zinc, you know, above 250, or you shouldn't, you know, if like you're in a production shop and you're trying to put the paint down, like primer and zinc was a big learning curve for any applicator. And if you can't apply it and you can't get transfer efficiency with zinc, your life's going to be hell. 
and your boss is going to be mad. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, and you know, um, it looks like there's a homeless man outside my door. Okay, with his tweaker bike and all of that stuff. Okay, um, so oh, the industrial uh, park life. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you know, and, but it, it's crazy cause I, I'll go to the source, right. And I'll go, I'll call up Gima or I'll call up these people that I've been talking to and they are so in and passionate for the business yet. They're not, they can't relay not, right information to you. Well, I think that that has something to do with the corporate Thing. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? They're very, they're very particular about the right vocabulary when you're talking about stuff. And, you know, certain painters have certain vocabularies about things. That was like the hardest thing for me when I worked in, I was the lead coder and the paint manager at Precision Powder and Blast here in Raptor, Idaho. And it's the biggest, it was at the time when it first opened, it was the biggest booth and oven this side of the Mississippi. So it was like 55 feet long, 15 wide and 15 tall. Wow. And I was, I had two Wagner pumps in there. So like one would either be in primer or, you know, whatever one was in top coat, vice versa. And I would dump at least 300 to 400 pounds a day. And like wow. learning, learning all that and learning like, you know, how far an actual mill goes or, you know, learning how to actually stack mills and watch, you know, back ionization and really watch how powder's talking to you. That, that's one thing even to this day that I'm just like, oh, I'm a glutton for that information. You know, like that's like I swear my eyes are addicted to watching powder transfer to metal and like what three or four passes does at, you know, 45. Like I'm very big on, you know, on your on your amperage and your voltage settings and, and where they're at with your air. Like if I can see somebody spraying with too much air, I'm just like, oh, oh, yeah. calm it down, right. bring it back down, dude. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's the thing is you're seeing a lot of these guns and a lot of these people are they're fucking maxing out their kvs and their microamps and you really don't need to be at the end of the day if you want that gun to last you 20 to 15 years if you spent seven to eight grand on a gun <laughs> you don't need to be rocking it at 100 and you know i like to keep mine around 80 if i'm doing hot coats and stuff and that's like what you guys were talking about the other day ross is talking about hot flocking and i'm pretty big on hot flocking why so many people are anti that i don't know i got videos on videos of me doing like thousands of feet of handrail just just ripping and then letting it drop temp cool back go over to your gun that's the cool thing about doing a hot flock like if let's say if, if uh, ross was to to mess with a, a wagner you could set that gun up to you know higher higher voltage and amperage bring yep. your your powder your air up and your your powder down a little bit and just get a decent coat over everything, let it drop. And then you can set up the gun to where you can double click it. And then it'll drop your microamps and your voltage and your air and your powder or put your powder up or, you know, wherever you want to save that setting and then recoat the whole thing. Boom, it's done going back in the oven and you got perfect mills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think there's a lot of upside in what can be talked about in the future. And of course, it'll all be driven. The more we create in mm -hmm. this space, the more questions will be answered, the more, um, uh, you know, 
And that's what I was talking about earlier. Like there was some discussion in the groups about how like forums aren't being used. And yet a lot of us, or I say us, but my husband, that's how he learned, you know, and they're not um, user friendly. They're bulky and awkward to use. Uh, you just want the answer now. And so that's why the groups has, you know, blown up in terms of, you know, getting answers to questions you have. Plus people want content in their fingertips. They don't want to have to go and search it now. Well, they want to just be able to type in what their problem is and they want an answer for it now. Like that's right, the right. biggest thing about like when I would go to a new shop and let's say I, I just came off the Nordson and I had to learn how to run a Gima. That bo my boss isn't going to tell me or give me a load on, on how to run his Gima. He expects me to know how to run that thing. <laughs> so guess what? I went and tried to search all the gun settings you could figure out for Gima. Guess what? There, nobody was online five years ago telling you how to do that. Yeah. Nowhere. Yeah. And, and so what do I do? I just go up and I'd look up the user manual and I would figure out every damn button and how to run that box. Yeah. And that's that's really what you have to do. And it's like at the end of the day, I don't. I don't like, I don't like settings being told, like, I don't like, okay, you right. need to run this setting. Like, no, that's not how it's going to go. I'm going to set my gun up how I feel like on my body or right. you know, specific <laughs> applic application. Like if I'm doing a set of wheels and I'm doing them hot, yeah, I want my, my, my voltage way up and, and vice versa. But it's like, those are the things, like if you can't figure out how to set up your gun correctly, like you just need to go back to square one dial the gun back down. Like I, I learned on an old dial gun, you know what I mean? And now we're learning on guns with digital buttons. And that's, it's like a big learning curve going from a gun that you've used, you know, with dials and, and getting everything set just right. It's, it, it can mess with you when you get to a new gun. And let's face it. I mean, I'm, I'm always the way of the warrior, the way of, I, I'm, I'm an alchemist at heart. I read a lot of esoteric and alchemic books and stuff like that um through for my own spirituality and stuff and yeah you know there is um you know the the search for the humunculus or 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 just a deeper understanding and let's face it electricity isn't for everybody <laughs> no. you know and that's that was that's kind of funny you bring that up because you know i spent a lot of my younger 20s like wondering like is this electricity messing with my psyche is it messing with my emotions like and that's that's one thing that i kind of like it was weird to think about like there's that sound that you know if if anybody knows if you've worked in an industrial shop and you're doing handrail or you're doing wheels and and you pull a load out of the oven and it's at 400 degrees and you got your gun set up just where you need it and you start spraying a hot coat and you get that that sound of just you know like that sweet hot coat sound and i remember the first time that my very first i seen my very first boss doing a hot coat on this old i was sandblasting these old circus rides and there's these old rocket ships that you would sit in right oh cool and they had i can't begin to explain how many mills of like lead and lacquer paint was you know <laughs> all over these things and you know i'd blast them and then i'd run them over on the forklift to the powder shop and my boss would hang them up and he was spraying them, but he was heating them up. And, you know, the dudes that were in there spraying at the normal times, they weren't doing, or I wasn't catching them doing stuff hot. And I remember walking into the shop, I was like 19 years old and 
my this big fat boss that I had just sweating his ass off, no mask on, you know, spraying in this dark dungeon. And it's like this bright purple from uh, Sherwin Williams at the time. And he's laying it hot. And I'm just like, that's when I knew I was like, whoa, this is this is cool. Like, this is cool. Right. now I now I understand what you're doing because it looks wet, you know, like growing up painting hot rods and, and doing all that stuff with my brother. I was like, oh, and then I was like, I was just waiting for somebody to quit, waiting for somebody to quit to get that spot, you know? There are subtleties to, um, to it. And, and you kind of touched on that um, a couple minutes ago when you said, you know, how's my body feeling? How, you know, in the gun yep. settings and, and watching the powder flow, you know, people think it's just, you know, and it's not, it's, there are, especially when you do the fine work that you're doing you know yeah, so that's kind of like the the inlay work and like the that stuff's like a totally different thing but like when you think about faraday cage and 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 stuff like that like i can touch on things that i had to do when i was working in the big industrial shop and i had to do all these like huge boot dryers for um like ski resorts oh, okay. they were like there were like 27 just like 60 you know slots for boots to go in mm-hmm. and they're like these big you know sheet metal structures but then they have these slots coming out and the right, third yeah. cage behind that right spot in there the two. was yeah. so gnarly to get and my boss is like i was like let me paint one hot like just let me paint one hot and those spots real quick and he's like no it'll get too heavy and you know because it was like textured it was like bk47 or something from cardinal and i'm like just let me do it dude <laughs> and i did one and he's like oh my god and i'm like see i gotta stack yeah. it more and it looks more healthier but yeah. then I'd figure it out like I could go in like, you know, say I had 10 of them on a cart. I couldn't get them all hot. But like you'd be surprised with like how you can the whole shaking thing I've got away from over the years and like coming into these new guns like these new guns have so much. This this cloud of electricity that you work with and like mm-hmm. there's sharp edges to it, if you know where to point your gun and you can kind of like. you can kind of come into things and then pull the trigger and then come out and then whip and do certain things with like you know a regular fan tape yeah it sounds like you've been a deep study on that oh yeah and it's it's pretty it's pretty tricky and that's just from time that's time and experience of you know hours of being in the booth you know nonsense and those those are the the days that i honestly i don't miss that i don't miss the the hustle and bustle of it because those are the days that I was ignoring the science. Those are the days that I was listening to podcasts just to get me to the day. You know, like that looks jumpy enough, like after it comes out and I'm milled out fine, I'm cool. You know, like I was just yeah. at that point of life in this industry, I was just like a robot, you know, and right. I felt like a number and I was getting paid good, but there's there's a lot of things that, you know, that fall into it. Yeah, you have a way of explaining things um, into the, the subtleties that... I think even my husband has a hard time talking about and it's you know it was when we were teaching our employee you know those those subtleties you know and and the confidence you know just get in there get in there yeah, and and it's, it's like the best thing that i can say for anybody is like you're not gonna learn from doing it right like you're gonna fuck shit up and like at the end of the day that's what makes you a better painter is if you can fix that if you can yeah. sand it down and recode it with no issues because guess what? You're going to have a issue recoding if you can't code it properly the first time, you yeah. know, like, and the, and those are the things, you know, but it's, 
I, I just encourage even like employer employers, or if they have a coder, that's, you know, getting frustrated and stuff, just like give him time, let him figure it out. You know? And like, right. that's the thing, like in those, in those instances, like I had at the very first job that I had, I had a boss that was like my favorite boss that taught me the most. And in the instance of like, not giving a fuck and just doing it and getting in there and figuring it out. Like he didn't tell me like, this is your error. This is your power. This is this. He was like, this does this, this does this, this does this figure it out. And he gave me, he gave me eight years to figure it out. And I learned, you know, I'm like, right. But then I went to other shops and you don't have that time. Like you don't have that time to figure it out. You're expecting margins because they have to, you know, and, that's why when you got a 50 foot, when you got a 50 foot oven, that's a fire breathing dragon. And if there ain't 50 grand pumping out of that fucker every, you know, 10 hours, you're losing money. <laughs> yeah. And they don't have that time to waste on mistakes and stuff. And I can understand. I totally, you know, this is great. We're talking about this because you can totally understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I resort back to those original scientists mad scientists that came out with the powder coating and, you know, Gemmer and uh, Fordite and all of that stuff that came out of that, um, out of Thresh 99's podcast, because that's where I, I gravitate to, right? Those people Yeah, see, that's the stuff that, like, I need day. to know about and I don't know about yet. <laughs> now, they were experimenting every day and it was like, talk about hustle, They were trying to beat out the other guy because there were patents on the line. There were uh, industries to, yeah. And I mean, probably more under the gun back in the 50s and 60s than we are today. Um, We definitely have more of a privilege because it's out there. And yet, um, you know, as big as the coding industry is, we're still a small part of it that's supposed to be you know, I'm excited because I don't think these powder coders understand, even the garage guys, uh, shout out to you guys. You need to understand that we're about ready to double, double how much money this industry is going to produce in the next seven to 10 years. Double. That's and it, what well, and that was like, for. I had a lot that of insight on magazine. that. That was yeah, I had a lot of insight on that last year at the tail end of my, you know, my industrial career. That was like the big thing with where I was living in Idaho at the time. That's like the big boom city right now. And they're supposed to be, you know, they're expecting another 50,000 fucking people moving in that area. Guess what? That's housing developments. That's, that's more numbers and handrail footage than you can fucking put your mind on. Like, right. Right. At that, at that point it was, I walked into a shop that, he put millions of dollars into this shop and didn't know how to run it. And I walked in and I'm just like, I remember the first day I walked in and I ran like 10 carts in like an hour for him. And he looked at me and he was like, how did anybody ever let you walk out their door? <laughs> and I said, I guess you'll figure that out in a couple of months or a couple of years, <laughs> you know? And that's, that's just the, you know, the severity of it. Yeah. Um, it's definitely evolving. I think it's good evolving. But, you know, it's not without, um, y- you know, it's not without its drama. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know? fuck. It's not without talk about, its drama. Talk about an industry full of drama that you don't hear about, right? 
It's like, there's so much drama, but I don't, it's just, it's fucking hilarious. And how do you, you know, I had this issue last week with Tiger. It's like, how do you, how do I tell this corporate guy? You don't, you just let him fall on his face because at the end of the day, that's what's going to happen. Fuck fuck me for saying it, but somebody's got to. And I, I explained it to him. He didn't get it. I explained it again. And I'm thinking, am I just not saying this right? Or are you that derpy? And you know, like, you got to look at it in the aspect though, of like, look at America and look at what paint companies are on the West coast and look at what paint companies are on the East coast. Tiger Drylack and PPG and Axel Noble, they rule the East coast. And there's not much, you're not seeing what we're doing. You're not seeing the severity of just the sheer passion and, 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 and skill of people that you do on the West coast. And with, you know, you guys going into Hawaii that you do on the East coast, East coast is their big, big money shops. They're big production shops. It's just big box paint. So, and that's, that's where, like what you're saying, we're breaking that mold and, you know, it might be six months from now, it might be a year to now, but like, at the end of the day, I think, you know, it's like the, the companies that are on the West Coast are more towards, you know, the center of the states like Columbia Coatings and Prismatic. And you got Cardinal in Washington and California and, and Vegas now. But Cardinal's, you know, a big box company, but I've worked a lot with Cardinal. They'll send you five pounds of paint. They'll, yeah. They're very, very awesome with their technicals and a lot of their blacks, a lot of their whites. You can spray that stuff hot and you don't have to worry about it running like that stuff like BK08, all that stuff's formulated to be sprayed hot and cold. Like right. there's so much like, and that's the thing that kind of bugs me about Cardinal is like, they have such a good base for colors like black, gloss black, silvers, you know, charcoal grays. Like if you can't get your hands on IFS, which I mean, if you can get your hands on IFS, I would suggest it because it sprays so nice. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you know, it's, that's at the end of the day, it's like, if it's, if it's cost effective, if their shipping is on point, you know, there's a lot of variables that roll into where you're pulling paint from. And if you're getting, you're getting like bad feedback from certain colors, you know, like I get, sometimes I I get bad feedback from like Jack Black from Prismatic. Right. I think they, I think the one big thing that's holding back these bigger companies is the fact that they don't have e-commerce sites. Yep. it's very expensive to build that out and it's not been on their radar and it should be 100% priority. Number one, um, make it. Well, it's like prismatics, put it out there in everybody's face. You guys could be selling small amounts and be making a fucking killing off of it. Especially if your product's good. Like at the end of the day, if I would, if I could pay 10 bucks to get a pound of just something from Cardinal from their website, you bet your ass I would. Yeah. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, certain companies just, you know, they're stuck in their old ways. I think the, I think the pandemic has helped them understand that. Although I I think the majority of what they've been more worried about versus e-commerce is just logistics and getting, making sure that their product and their going to is working. And that's what's, definitely been an issue uh in this in this whole thing and what makes it slightly different than other recessions but um you know 
I, I think that it, it's expensive to start on the level that they're at with the size of their company, the size of their websites to build out an e-commerce site, even if they could just do a separate, it could even just be a separate website. Yeah. A separate entity, you know, you know like I don't see like, and even Cardinal and PPG, they already have the format. They already sell custom colors, you know, like they already have somewhat of what these other big box companies don't have. I don't see why they're not like here, like here's the, I don't, you know, like I said, I don't think it's on their radar. And like, have you seen this new color changing stuff that all of a sudden just popped up in the last month? Like, you know how long I've been waiting for that, those five ch color changing colors that just hit powder. Like we've yeah. been waiting 10 plus years for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that the tiger one? Yeah, Tiger just did one, and I seen yeah. Powder by the Pound has one, but we all know they buy and sell everybody right. else's powder. And um, I went to SEMA 360. It was sort of a non-event, um, from what I'm hearing about the participate participants. Yeah, I was like curious about that, and like I didn't really see anything like. It was probably the most expensive experiment ever done. <laughs> Yeah, in the car industry for sure that's everybody that's everybody out there on a limb though like yeah. that's that invests into that show you got to think about it like foos and all these wheel companies and all these tire companies and all these paint companies sema is what keeps us alive at the well end. i think part of it was that the week of sema was the same week as the presidential yeah the election <laughs> well i mean even even you know like you you have social media platforms. You saw a drop in in a serious drop in the last two weeks in, in right. activity yeah. than anything. Yeah. And you know, unless you hashtag like fucking some politician bullshit, like <laughs> you weren't showing up in the in the algorithm that week. <laughs> right. So I, I think timing wise, that was not a good time to have an online event. And then, you know, the content seemed interesting. Uh, of course, I was in Hawaii, so I was already missing the live stuff. But yeah. you could attend the webinar after, just like any other webinar. They'd hold it up there. But then, it's, and so I was excited that, okay, I missed it this week because of all the you know crazy stuff going on, business and the politics and all of that. And then I go back like a day later after the event, like I think it ended on the 6th, then I went on the 7th, and all the webinars were gone. Like, leave that shit up. I've already paid to go. Leave it right. up. Why? Leave it up for a month. Leave it up for a year. Who cares? You know? That's not like we can go and shake each other's hands Where right it, now. You, you can't even click on the website now. It's just gone. And I'm like, crazy. I could go back anytime I want now and listen to anything that anybody said. And there were some good topics. There were topics about trends. There was topics about rims. There was topics, you know. And, you know, I just went there as I got in as press. I mean, my God, it took me an hour to come up with all the stuff that they wanted in order for me to qualify as press, you know, and then th to zip it off and make it go bye-bye just because the event was like over. That. Like, what is this? You know, you could have people all over the world watch this 24-7 every day of the week. All they got to do is just pay a small entrance fee. So what, you're not there at the lives. 
anyways, I did talk to some of the tiger guys that were there and they were saying it was just a big bust. But then I noticed when I went to search, I was just assuming Prismatic was going to be there and they weren't. So if anything, that should have, you know, let tiger know that they shouldn't be in it either because they were the only powder coder. The crazy thing that like the, the, the shit that cracks me up about them at like expos like i've never got to go to an expo and experience it but like to see their booth and they have like fucking 3600 colors on the wall and you're like dude 90 percent of us ain't gonna try to figure out how you formulated that certain teal (laughs) like you're crazy right (laughs) right just give me the teal right yeah yeah just give me the teal or i'll just buy the next one over that looks somewhat close enough and i'll just go a little darker (laughs) right yeah I got a I got a quick tip for you. If you guys are ever doing like a, a candy red or a candy blue and you're having a hard time with it, you know, if you're just spraying like an actual candy instead of an illusion, I've been doing Cadillac gray first. Mm. And and then like go like 80% cure on the Cadillac gray and then come into it with the candy red or the blue or green or or whatever else and then go full cure. It is so deep and rich and you don't have to worry about like the pink and oh yeah ross was having problems with brassy gold yeah that's a good one and i wanted to bring it up here let me see if i can bring up the um um uh, is it going copper on you um no it was running it wasn't staying and it was like are we having a faraday because it's small parts right Mm-hmm. And it's uh, brake brake handles for uh, some Ducati or I don't know or some kind of motorcycle. The guy's from Oahu, so you know it's a big deal when we get um, these uh, jobs off customers of from other islands. You know we want to impress them. And um, what are you using for a base? Or are you uh, going over like raw substrate? Ross was using the new Prismatic Chrome Two. Okay. Uh, because that was what was suggested. And so we'd already wanted to try it anyways. And uh, anyway, so uh, I want to bring this up and share it because Steve um, from Okinawa, and I know I keep bringing Steve up. He's just so awesome. Where's his? So it he posted Brassy Gold same week, um, but he did a rim. And let me share my screen. Uh, because it's absolutely beautiful work and everybody should be, everybody should follow Steve. He's an Okinawa. He's awesome. And every time he just seems to be improving his work over and over and over again. Lean. Yeah, he is. He has stepped it up a notch. What's and, he using for a gun? Uh, oh, it's um, I did see it here. Hold on, he just did one here. Nordson. Look oh, at that. he's using an encore. It surprised me. He was using Nordson and he doesn't say that. You know, it's I've been that's the only gun I haven't got a spray with is the newer Nordson stuff. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have him on the show. Okay, Steve. I know you listen to the podcast. You're invited. I'm gonna message you today. But he was helping me out uh with Ross. I Ross's if this is just two three tiny little things i mean it's yeah. driving crazy he's redone it two or three times well what yeah. so like the biggest thing is 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 he going full cure on the chrome 
No, what, here's what I showed Ross this, this post today and told him that I talked to Steve about what he used on this rim. And he said, Chroma Chrome, Car Chroma Chrome. What is that? It might be Tiger Drylock. I don't know. So I, I messaged him, but he hasn't messaged me back, but I so want to Cardinal Cardinal does a pretty decent Chrome too. Yeah. We usually use Tiger um, OGF Chrome, but the we super chrome to too, I got to do, I did a whole barber chair with it uh -huh. and I went, I went like fucking 20 minutes over cure on it. And then I yeah. cleared it. And then I went from like, I think I went 25 minutes on the clear and it was fine, but it still goes gray. Yeah. Uh, so Ross looked at this video and he goes, you know what? I bet um, it's the prismatic chrome. <laughs> and it's the first time he was using the new chrome too. And I bet you it's, I don't know, you know, that chrome from prismatic, it's temperamental. It's, um, uh, it makes me curious of... Because, like, okay, so with Super Chrome 1, they were suggesting at nuking the shit at 450 degrees and going yeah. back here. Right. That you're fucking burning the shit out of it at that point. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, goddamn. We might as well just go grab a chrome wheel and clear it and clear it and cook it for 12 minutes at that point. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's just like it, it's those, it's the it's that color where you're like. I'm going to give you what I can give you. And if this is what satisfies you, then I'm fucking stoked at, at the other end. You're like, it's chemically, it's not, it, you can't do it. It's just, we've, I mean, how many years have we been spraying this shit? How many renditions have we sprayed? And we all fall for the damn same joke again. It's going to look like Chrome. You know, the only thing coming out looking like Chrome after you clear everything is the damn hooks you use to hang the shit with. But or I mean, at least it looks, at least it's, yeah, at least it's not orange peely as shit this time. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, that could be a whole nother podcast. Maybe that's what we talk about. If we get the whole group together. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, now, okay. So a lot of people think that <laughs> I had like this huge thing on my paint booth at, at precision when I was there. And it was like this Sherman Williams, like, guide to troubleshooting and it was almost comical to me because like some you of the things of that. oh I, I think I do so I was like looking through it for it through my phone the other day and I was like I swear to god I have a picture of this thing somewhere but <laughs> if you have Sherman Williams available or if you have a Sherman Williams rep say hey can I have one of your guys's troubleshooting posters for powder coating if they reply to my email oh fuck it's hilarious <laughs> or answer like, the phone like they're they're talking about like you know if you have you know like how you have your pass through in your gun and then it, it kinks right there then you'll get build up inside there if you don't clean it out and stuff and they're talking about debris coming out of your gun if you don't clean it and you're like this is like one one like powder coating 101 like did you not blow your gun out five colors ago like <laughs> it's pretty funny yeah um I think it's going to change. I, I have a feeling if we shout out loud, loud enough, you know, I was. I could get limited. Alec from Cardinal on this, I bet. I could 
tell you, I was literally shouting on Friday last, not this past Friday, but Friday before. I, I just was like, you don't know me. You don't know custom coders and you don't even know what you're doing. And they weren't even watching the videos is what I got. And they weren't even aware. And they thought it was a funny thing that uh, the prismatic versus tiger thing was Cool. Oh, that I, shit got my blood boiling. I was, I was just like, like, how dare you bash Prismatic? You, okay, okay. I'm not, trying to, bash Prismatic. <laughs> I'm not trying to talk shit or knock somebody's fucking hustle. But at the end of the day, when you badmouth ink black, or if you just badmouth any gloss black at that point because you're not getting coverage, maybe you should learn how to fucking spray and set up the gun right at the end of the day. Hello. Make sure it's grounded properly then you might not have those problems, just saying. And he was saying how it flashing the light in there and it's like, dude, you didn't even cover in there. What are you saying? It's a bad, pay, a bad powder. That's why I'm, that's, I'm like, you can't <laughs> badmouth something if you didn't like get coverage. Yeah, I know. Like if I'm doing a set of wheels and they're like a solid wheel and they're not a custom color and they're like semi-gloss black, you bet your ass I'm hot coating them and then I'm gonna coat them again. You go back to that video, and this is what I brought up. You go back to that video where he's hitting it with a BB gun and running it down the road, no. whatever it was he was doing. I mean, I saw some of that on Instagram last night, and I'm just like, okay, so you, go, you look at that, and they thought, oh, wow, well, they're using Tiger. How, what, what harm could it do? And I'm like, no, you don't even understand. You stop the video. And you look, this is something that John and I were talking about because we were watching it together and he was like, look at this video. And I'm like, you look at this, um, you look at the rim, it's barely got any mill on there. Like it's barely coated. Yeah, if I'm doing it's wheels, like, I want it. It's not I even a good like, job. Yeah, I want no. it like a mill above spec, at least. I mean, you can see how thin it is. I mean, everybody go back to that video and stop it and look at how thin that is coded. It's not even coded properly. And God, I mean, whatever. It, it's just silly. But, you know, if they want to pander to silliness and stuff like that, or, you know, then, you know, I guess at I, the end of the day, at the end of the day, if you look what he's doing, that he's that he's infuriating the custom coders, the legit guys that are out there, the professional. Hey, I've, spent, I've spent 11 years of my life getting to this point. Like at the end of the day, I've spent 11 years of my it's life insulting. getting to this point to be able to even talk to somebody in the industry. You yeah. know what I mean? Like outside of dealing with reps, like that's, that's like, yo, okay, that's the industry. But like at the end of the day, like if we have a platform to speak on, right? like I feel like my word and your word speaks way more louder than a rep is going to, because the rep's going to get shut down by a multi, you know, it's a CEO, like at the end of the right. day, you know, right. it's. We're the people doing the actual work, you know. It's yeah. we're the and people. And, I feel insulted. I know you do. Yeah, I and it's at the end of the day, it's like job. I've I've spent, you know, my even my whole career in the industrial side of things. I spent my whole my whole goal was to make liquid painters look like shit. At the end of the day, that's been my whole goal because my brother's a liquid painter. My brother's been a collision car painter. He's been a hot rod painter. My brother's painted multi million dollar paint jobs on boats. Like, right. And my brother is like, I've aspired my finish to look tight and glassy like his, you know, and at the end of the day, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of 
blood, sweat, and tears that rolls into that. There's a lot of knowledge that rolls into paint that you're flying out. There's a lot of knowledge that, you know, where's your, your power and what's your oven doing? A lot of people don't understand like how much the oven plays in, you know, and if your oven's not clean, you're not going to get a clean product. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, I see, I see the upside and I see it changing and evolving rapidly. And I think that I hope that the podcast just helps people. That's all I want to do. I'm not making at the moment, not making any money. I do have one advertiser and I hope to get many more because it does take a lot of time and effort to put, to, to produce it. You know, I think once, you know, as time goes on, I mean, think about it. You're what? three months into this you know about and you know give it another three months give it another like a just a year and like you're going to be surprised by the people that are going to come on and the things that are going to get said and, and just the things we're going to learn but you got to think of it's only going to be a matter of time until wagner wants to get on here and talk and and, and you know or even other people and that's the thing is like i feel like these companies they want to be out in there and they want to be, you know, conversing all this stuff. But I feel like a lot of these companies don't understand how to, and, and with like how well, social media you know what is, the problem is. No, you know what the problem is? It's, it's people that are, you know, the, that have been in the industry that are just, you know, they're, uh, they've, uh, worked for the company for so long and they're, they're enthusiasts and they do want to share their information. Um, they are passionate about what they do. They've worked for the company for, and, but the problem is, is it gets trickled. Unfortunately, they're not the ones that we want to talk to. The ones we want to ask questions to the ones we want to get answers from are not the ones that are readily available. Mm -hmm. It's sales reps. And that's the problem, um, you know, that is with these corporations is we don't want to talk to the marketing guy. We yeah, don't you want to talk. talk to you want to talk to like the chemist Clint from fucking we Cardinal. Talk to the guy that's formulating the powder. We want to talk to the guy that's shooting out of the gun and testing the gun or creating a new feature. Or we want to talk to those guys. Yeah. Speaking you know, of that new feature, have you seen uh, Norton just came out with a gun with a light on top? Mm -mm. Yeah. No. If you go to like the Act Norton instagram page there's they just rolled out a newer gun that has a light on top norton has a um instagram <laughs> yeah it's like act norton so it's like a partnering company with norton so i think act so like act they do like i think they also build something oh yeah wait it just came up and there it is yeah, I, I got big love for Nordson because they were the guns that I first learned on. And those old school versus spray twos were like relentless. You could like drown that tip of that gun into like Faraday areas and it wouldn't make the paint react. It was the weirdest gun. Like you could get away with murder with that gun. Which video is it? I think Yeah, see, look at right there. The second row down there, it is the Encore Inlight LED oh, kit. Oh, you know what? I think I did see it. I... They post so early. By the time I wake up, I don't, you know, I don't see it. I have to actually go to their page. That and that switch. Look at how they have, like, the whole white piece is probably, like, the trigger. But then there's that black piece up in the top right. of that switch. Right. I wonder right. if. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I wonder what that's for. I wonder if that's for, like, extra air to, like, mm. get, like, your tip cleaned out. and. In light. 
there's some there's just like the technology with guns that's coming out today i get so excited but then i'm like oh wait you're probably going to be 10 grand yeah <laughs> yeah well ross just um you know not you know that's actually kind of a really simple solution um he ended up just doing the full led and i don't I don't know if I, I think I posted it on my Instagram. Um, let me go back to my page. Do you know anything about Lumalite? They make lights for liquid guns? No. You mean so, like HVLP guns? Yeah, HVLP guns. So like in, any of your Iwatas or any of your Sedas, they make um, LED lights that screw oh, behind the tip of the gun. And uh, I think... I talked to them a couple of weeks ago and they said they got something coming out in the new year for powder coating. I didn't post this. I don't know why I didn't post this, but um, let me. Uh, His wheels look good. Yeah, he's, everybody likes red here. Yep, red, red is a, black. <laughs> you don't want to know how many pounds of candy red I go through. Oh, I know. It's just a hot color. I don't know. I don't even order candy red anymore. I prefer deep red candy. Cause then you can avoid some of the issues that you would have with like candies and having yeah. to spray it twice. Well, That's the just... lollipop red is nice. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, uh this is cherry. Mm. Um, this diamond. diamond yeah. So you could make that cherry with, you put um, the Cadillac gray down and then just any candy right over it. Interesting. Yeah. And you come up with a nice, really rich, deep candy red. I wanted to show you a picture of the, um, he's so proud of this. Of course, it doesn't look this clean now, but uh, let me see if I can, I'll stop sharing and then we keep, keep talking. But I want to bring up this picture um, because the problem with our shop is okay so we had a small shop just like everybody always needs more room in their shop right but mm -hmm. what are you gonna do because you need to make your business bigger you need to have bigger equipment and then all of a sudden you run out of space so we thought moving over here to the bigger part of the island and being closer to our customer base we'll get a bigger shop all our problems will be solved and then COVID happened and then that just went out but instead of you know, instead of downsizing in his mind for equipment, he kept the size, he went bigger in his mind, but the shop size really wasn't, it's only like, well, it's only like 200 square feet bigger than what we had before. So the problem is, is everything in here is giant. It's just giant, but there's no room shop floor space to work That's what, that was what it was like when i walked into precision and it was like the taj mahal of powder coating <laughs> you know and then six months into the job i'm the only painter that's walked in at the time that's pushing you know making this this place stay alive and then guess what there ain't no fucking floor space in this place anymore because you got so much stuff you're doing oh my god he, he didn't downsize his mind right you know he yep. only kept it big <laughs> so yeah, I even so got a Facebook. It's, it's just uh, kind of funny, you know, we're, we're in this, I don't want to say just, it's not a dysfunctional space. Um, These were, this is some of the bigger stuff that I was doing last year. That's the booth that I was in. Oh, wait, let me see. Hold on. I got it. I went out, I opened up this, hold on. I'm just 
Oh, wow. That is huge. Whoa. That's giant stuff. You're working. Yeah. And I would do that whole thing hot and then come back and recode it. Wow. So you, that thing would be preheating in my oven at 420 degrees because it's so big and like the plates on it are just so thick that you're just trying to get it to get up to 400. So I would get it up to, you know, 420, let it sit there for 20 minutes. And then I, by the time I could get it out of the oven and then pushed into my booth, I would just start spraying it hot and it'd be at like probably 400, 350. And I could get the whole thing done hot and then come back and do it cold. Wow. And then put it in the oven. And I would do like three of those a day on top of like pushing handrail in between. And yeah, I got some crazy videos I'll have to send you. That's an exhausting day. Yeah, I would come home and just be done with the world. Yeah. <laughs> like it was, I'd start at five in the morning and sometimes I wouldn't get home till two in the morning the next day. Like, and I was the only painter at this shop. Like that was, it was really, it was really, a, it was a really fun time, but it was also a very, like, I tech, I felt like I was taking advantage of and yeah. a lot of other things. Like once yeah. I get into like my story and shit, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Let me show you the booth here this is what it turned out to be can you see oh that? man yeah he's very proud of this nice so, gun yeah he's a wagner guy heck yes uh, i love i love ross now <laughs> <laughs> but these are 4500 looms led you didn't want any in the ceiling huh this is so bright you don't need it I've always been curious about spraying in a booth that has cross lighting like that instead of ceiling lit. Well, the reason why he did it like this, because um, we used to just have just a ceiling light in the booth. So we converted a six by six uh, spray booth that we'd owned for years when we have our refinishing business. Yeah, and you guys made it into your open face booth. Yeah, we created, and then I, hope I can zoom in. Let me zoom in because people have asked us uh, what this um, stuff is and I didn't get a chance to respond to what Ross bought, but it's a special kind of- um, Like the sack filters? Yeah, is that, that's what it is. It's yeah, they're like, like you pull out the whole square, but then it's got like, they go back quite a ways. Yeah. Yep. Um, of course there's a bigger, um, well, it's not a bigger engine. I'm um, not engine, but, um, fan motor. Yeah. Fan motor. It's the same, uh, that we had before, but I'll tell you this, he bought these and laid them up like this because of the long linear architectural jobs and gates and railings that we do. Mm -hmm. But man, what a difference. Man, uh, I'd love, I would love to come out there and spray like a bunch of gates and stuff with you guys. <laughs> Cause yeah. that's like, I used to do so much of that kind of work when I was younger and just to like, it's a do, whole nother game. It's, oh, I, mean, I could, I can show you how to paint a gate, like a huge driveway gate in less than 30 minutes. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing because uh, it, it can be awkward. And then how do you, you know, when you're a job shop like us, how do you switch your game from hot yep, that was, to that was like a big thing when I was, when I was a lead coder, it was like, I was very, you know, like being the lead coder, you have to set the tone in the shop. And if you're kind of like the person that, you know, kind of just shuts down and, and kind of is quiet, you're going to be taken advantage of that aspect of like, 
let's say I'm paint, I'm painting something that I have to spray zinc primer down and then I have to flash it just until it's going wet and then pull it out and then start getting top coat on it. And then, you know, the fucking dude from the office comes in and he tells me I got to get off this job and get on this job. Okay. You know how frustrating that is as a coder <laughs> to fucking just flip on a dime and be like, Oh yeah, I'm not stressed out. Now I got to blow my gun out and clean this 50 foot fucking booth out. And, and totally change the operation of what my brain's computing, what my gun's telling me to do. And, right. and that's like, it's I'm, I'm like super manuals. There's two different manuals going on in your head, you know, yeah. it's what you have to. And I never knew that, you know, I'm kind of the one that drives the sales and do this, do, you know, I'm. And it's like, let's say you're going from just black and then somebody wants you to do some candy job. You're like, yeah. here comes the anxiety, yeah. you know, like, right. Yeah. Um, and I, I found I myself now I do I found myself even like at the top of my game you know day in day out and you know in a real shop I found myself like let's say like like the big weld mint that I just showed you that I'd painted and it's sitting in the oven getting hot for me like I would be going stir crazy because I'm just like itching I'm like ready to just get color on this thing you know and like you're just so excited and sometimes your emotions and your anxiety and your excitement gets the best of you some days, you know, I'm like, yeah. and then you pull that out and it's not hot enough or, you know, it's, those are like, those things kind of got, you know, can get the best of you, but that's why I like doing what I do now with the custom side of things is because everything's on my own time. Mm -hmm. You know, like I can spend up to six hours on one tube, you know what I mean? Like, and that's, that's a lot of time and that's a lot of energy going into something so small, but you know, at the end of the day, I think I've, I try to pride myself in, you know, making somebody look at what I do and being like, no, dude, he's using paint. And at the end of the day, guess what? I ain't using any paint, zero paint. It's hard to tell, you know, um, All and prismatic. I, when I saw them originally, I was like, wait, is he painting those or, you know, and then I realized it's powder. I, I mean, it took me a while to kind of, I went through several of your Instagram posts. And There's stuff. only one job on there that I did airbrushing on and then cleared it with automotive clear. I'm going to go back because I want to share, I want to tell you what, I want to show you, I'm not a vapor, but <laughs> I, my favorite one is the Disney one. Um, yeah, those got taken, those got taken oh. off the shelves. <laughs> So I'm partnered up. That's really Merle's good. mods. They're out of the UK. And I partnered up with them to make my own signature tube. Yeah. And they did a bunch of like Disney dope ones. And we went oh, crazy yeah. on them. And he's like, dude, we can't post these now because I think we're going to get too much attention. Yeah, that could be. Um... But I, like I all I said is like, yeah, I, I totally understand. I really respect that. But at the end of the day, I feel like, you know, me and you aren't this big company that's really making that much noise to where Disney's going to come out and sue us. This is, <laughs> I mean, it's like, well, first of all, you know, Disney's, if you follow like a lot of the crazy conspiracy stuff, you know, like yep. all Disney connection there. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and then it wasn't just, I mean, the, you, I didn't realize how many kooky, crazy, See, oh, there's like Alice see. in there. There's the Mad Hatter in there. Like if yeah. you go. Oh yeah, the Mad Hatter. Okay, yeah, I'm going to go to the video. But if this one right the, here, the, 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 um, is uh, the Pinocchio one, you yep. know? And then there's Mowgli. I mean, oh my, yeah, Mowgli, that's right. 
And then there's the Indians smoking the hash pipe. <laughs> I mean, it's nuts, right? And that's just it, simple. The black and white inlay, that's super simple. Yeah, um, I love the, the black and white's my favorite one. Um, me too. Like, black and white's my favorite. That's even one I have on my own. matte clear on that? Or how? No, that's, so that's just soft satin white and uh, Jack Black from Prismatic. Oh, okay. All right. So it's if you guys that. are curious on those two, they go perfect together, sheen wise. And so this guy created the graphic. Is that what it is? So um, the company Merle's Mods, they're out of the UK. They do, they're the ones that actually machine the tube and do the engraving. And then they have a team of artists throughout the whole world that do a bunch of stuff for us. Wow. It's, you know. This keep is, going down. This is like, this is like just cookie cutter stuff. But if you keep going down um, to. That's a nice combo. Yeah, the candy red with silver vein. Yeah. Whoa. That's the one that the fire one with that's done with airbrush. And then I cleared yeah. it with automotive clear, but that is a black powder coat base. Then mm. that that coat cooler is pretty classy. I did that. Yeah, that's cool. And then um, Wow, look at that one. Yeah, that's my brother's pinstriping mark. There's some of the ARs I've done. Mm -hmm. That's a big. Is this, uh, powder, is this with powder or? Yeah, that's all powder. That's oh, a big. Wow, that's, cool. that's a big uh, fart gone over in church every time I do a gun. Yeah. And there it looks like Malbec. Yeah, that's Malbec. I did that on like a little toolbox kind of thing for my brother. Whoa, that's cool. Yeah, that. To, uh, it's like a faded black to pink and then I flip flop the engravings on the inlay wow wow zero liquid Ashton that's amazing did you see those uh, rocket racing wheels I did no yeah keep going <laughs> oh wow there you go. okay I didn't get, wow, that's nice. That's that's my first set of two-tone wheels I've ever got to do. You know how long, you know how long I've been dreaming about doing that? <laughs> Those are nice colors that you used. So that's um, Misty Root Beer from Prismatic and then Yankee Gold. Nice. Did you put it up on your Prismatic page? Do you have one? Uh, I think I do, but I like you guys were saying something about it in one of the episodes that I was watching. I, I need to go in and, and do some of that stuff. I'm going to do um, I'm getting ready to do a podcast or I don't know if it's a podcast, really, but it's it's like a tutorial, I guess. I'm going to I'm going to start kind of doing more different kinds of content other than just the podcast. Yeah, um, you guys have definitely inspired me to kind of like come out of my shell and post like lives or videos of me what I'm doing. Like with yeah. like the tubes and stuff, like I've just, I don't know. I felt like I needed to like stay quiet for a while because I didn't want people to like steal my yeah. my ideas just yet. And I feel like now, like even just coming on the show, like I felt like now I'm, I'm confident enough and I feel that I have, you know, quite the backlog of, of work that I, you, you know, know, if anything, find to come out now, you know what I mean? And, and, and be in the industry and, and just kind of show my work off to like, I've kind of just kept it behind and even locally, I don't really, I do a lot of, of work locally for like antique restoration and stuff like that. But 
I just haven't really hit the pavement to, you know, have people banging down my door just yet because I want to be really ready for it. You know what I mean? Like, well, isn't that what's so ironic about 710? And I'm not going to bash them any longer. I'm over it. But here's the thing. Most custom coders like yourself, like Ross, like Sean, and, you know, they're humble people. They don't go out and be bombastic and all this stuff. So that right there might tell you something about the kind of type of people we are. Um, we're yeah, I'm just like at the end of the day, like before I'm a powder coder, before I'm a husband, you know, I'm a father to two children. And um, that's, that's, they're the main driving force behind Palmer's powders. You know, like I, I walked away from the industrial industry because, you know, I, I would get scrutinized because I had to stay home with my children because she was sick or my son had a doctor's appointment and, you know, bosses don't like that. You know, they don't like you when you're making them money. They don't want you out of there. Like, and that, that's kind of what it came down to. And at, at that time, like that black and pink mod that I was showing you, that was, I got a job from a big vape reviewer that's from Australia. And he, uh, he's commissioned me to do like, was it like 38 of those mods? So I did like 19 pink and then I did like 17 or so black. And that's really what kind of set me up social media wise and like got my name out there, you know, within the vape industry to, to start doing custom work. So I was going to work, you know, full time spraying all damn day. And then I'd come home and I would do these mods. And after a while, it got to this point, you know, where so much noise is going off over here outside of work and I'm just kind of like getting stressed, you know, like feeling like I'm taking advantage of like, you know, I'm working, I was working almost six, seven days a week. I was working 10 to 12 hour, if not 15 hour days, just depending on what, you know, what had to get done and how much the freaking boss bit off more than he can chew. And it was like, you know, I was, I just said, fuck it. And, you know, I, I grabbed everything. I walked in Sunday, grabbed my mask, grabbed my gun and my boss is like, where are you going? And I said, I'm fucking leaving, dude. And I'm, I'm done. I am done. And I walked out and I never looked back. And at that, around that same time, my brother was just getting his shop and he was like, come set up your bench and stuff in here. And he's like, we can just share the shop together. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So then at that same time, I had bought my bench top set up, my Columbia coatings, you know, cool coat booth and, little tiny, you know, bench top setup. And that was going to be my new coding setup for my mods. So I ordered that. And then <laughs> I got a little like impulsive because I was still making, you know, decent salary money for my real job. And I was like, fuck it. I bought one of those OptiFlex 2 clones from the powder coating gun chick. You know, I trust you so much. She's so rad. She helps me out a lot <laughs> and uh, ordered one of those guns and just been killing it ever since with that thing. Yeah. That um, was after my craftsman gun went because I was spraying all these mods with craft with a craftsman gun for like two years. Wow. We um started with the Eastwood thing, like just I'm sorry. Very beginning. Well, I 180 bucks. I mean, can't beat that. It was 180 and we didn't know again, you know, this was just hobby side, right? Right. Um, and just trying uh, to figure out the concept of it. Like, it's mind concept, blowing. Right? 
even right. when you do it with like that gun and you you may you may have done a tumbler or something for yourself and you're just like well we were we our shop was right next door to a custom motorcycle shop they did mostly customs and harleys and stuff nice and um and i mean we've told several stories and there are several stories to how we got into this business but one of them is that we, we just were convenient you know the, and so ross had been looking going to all the forums and stuff and you know so he decided to pull the trigger on but you know i mean our main thing was just refinishing and stuff this is way well before the crash and all that um and uh so he started with that and then of course you know that didn't last very long um and then you know we had the infrared or the the propane lights or what do they call them they're on the stands. Oh, the, the infrared lights. The heat lamps. Oh God, those things scare me. I, <laughs> like I remember, I, I, I worked for a, shop, a paint shop with like polyurethane and. Oh, I have like, know, like I have like a nightmare story about those things. I, mean, it, I was worried, right? Anyways, um, so we and the reason why we started with that is because most of the uh air conditioning registers um were you know that's what we were getting right we had this one hotel that was renovating and it, you know we were it, they had a special custom size made and so ordering was improbable or impossible to get right. something new and be reasonable so we got into refinishing the ac registers and so um we would have these heat lamps and some of these registers were like 30, 40 inches long. So literally like we'd watch the powder flow out as we dropped the thing down, 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 you know, mm -hmm. uh, that was, you know, we didn't have an oven. <laughs> we didn't have, you know, a nice cool gun or anything like that. Um, it was just crazy um, how, how we just made steps towards that and I didn't care what he was doing. I thought, oh, this is just one of those other hobbies that he's picked up. And this is another thing, <laughs> another garage thing. Yeah, you know, um, and of course he had a motor, he had a custom bike that he had bought off of somebody that for a real good deal. So of course, you know, he had his own project just like all the other guys that are getting started right now. It's a similar story. Mm -hmm. um, and then we, and then he decided to get serious and he bought a Wagner brand new $5,000. And I'm like, Whoa, this shit is expensive. This isn't an HBLP gun that, that costs $99 at home Depot. And, um, you know, well, it's even like, I even make my brother laugh. Like he's got $700,000, you know, Iwatas and Sedas that he does his work with. And I yeah. just laugh, I laugh at him. And I'm like, dude, I could buy like, five or six of those things for the amount of one unit of mine. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, what happened was the Wagner was too complicated for him. Yeah. So if he, even to this day, even if to this day, if he needs help, call me, I will answer any given damn time of the day and help you with that gun because that gun is so user-friendly compared yeah. to what is actually. Well, now this is our second Wagner now, but but he got scared using it because it was so complex. So he went from Eastwood to Wagner. <sighs> and then he got scared and something happened to it, like it broke or I don't know, some part, I don't know. So he kind of shelved it and he bought the cool coat. 
from Brian Talley, uh, you know, Columbia. Yeah. And we used that. That was a great intermediate kind yeah, of level. It taught you how to, to adjust your flow and your air and your powder. And yeah. it gave you like the basics of understanding what you're watching. And that's like yeah. the big thing is nobody really relays that information of what you actually want to see comparatively to what you don't want to see, you know, and, yeah. and, it, and a lot of it actually does, it comes off a of feel, you know, a lot of it comes off a of feel experience, but at the end of the day, I, you know, what the, the jobs were just getting more complex, they yep. were getting more, you know, and, and, and then, you know, of course we ran that thing into the ground and then, you know, things started to pick, you know, get kind of, you know, just growth and everything. And that's when we decided, okay, let's get back to this Wagner. Let's try to figure it out. What's the problem? I know a lot more about KBs and clouds and, you know, like all that. The cool thing about that gun is it's got slope adjustment. Well, I don't know how old this one was. This was like, I want to say we bought it. The one you guys got now in that spray booth. That's the new one. Yeah, that's the Sprint X. That's got slope adjustment. You got everything. Fucking, you got every damn cool setting on that gun and it's it's really honestly it's user friendly and it'll that gun will tell you if you're setting like because what that gun is telling you is it's telling you like how close you have your tip to your substrate mm-hmm. so even if you do have your setting wherever you want it that gun's gonna dial down even if you get like Ow. this close to the substrate that gun's gonna be like no 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 i'm gonna come back down here where it's safe <laughs> it's it's pretty damn cool that is cool I'll, i don't i'm pretty sure he knows that but i'll i'll make sure he listens to what you just said um yeah he loves that gun he loves it but it's he, cool because you can go. also set up that gun to actually spray true to a conical tip because it's got air adjustments for the tip and you can mimic tribo through that gun okay uh so he's now interested in trying comparing now he wants to try a gamma or whatever gamma, whatever they call it. And then, um, yeah, I'm uh, curious to try their new pro, the new gamma OptiFlex Pro. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to try it, but when it comes down to it, and at the end of the day, there's certain things about their pump that I don't care about comparatively to the Wagner pump. Like, yeah, the Wagner pump is a block, and it's still fucking dinosaur age technology in a sense, but the plugs the little white plugs that go in the block for the wagner they're completely movable so the the wagner or the the gima ones are uh they only go in one way so they wear one way okay so you're constantly flying through them tips you can't wear it that tip evenly and then even though same thing with the gima you got or not the gima but the wagner your hose is going to kind of slouch so that that white piece will wear but yeah that's just the name of the game yeah i mean they're not you know every it's just design and how they make them and why they make them you know and let's face it they're making them for the industrial people they're not making them for us right we're adapting to them again you know i'd be it would be sweet if they would come out with like a little bit smaller scale of a gun for us custom coders that would be a good option um that would be a really good idea and even if you think about it, like when, when we get into like these custom colors and we're recoding candies and stuff, we don't need a gun that's going to give us fucking a hundred, you know, KVs. We don't, we're never that high. You should never be that high if you're recoding something anyways, unless you're doing it hot. Right. But 
at the end of the day, it would be kind of cool to see, you know, a little scale down on a gun and, and maybe more aptitude to, to custom stuff. Yeah. Who knows? And like, maybe if a gun isn't that aptitude to be that high of, of, a, of a power, then you're going to see a lot more production shops using it for those colors. So it does have, there's a win-win, you know, if you think about it. I think that's brilliant, you know? So, you know, my, you know, it's, it's all about trying to get through to these people and get that, what you just said to them, you know, through to them and maybe get their minds thinking. Even, even though like when I was a production painter, that was like the biggest thing that was hard for me was relaying my information, you know, like trying to, trying to explain my information to somebody that's a hundred times book smarter than me, but isn't a hundred times experience smarter than me. It was like, you're just sitting there bashing heads all day. And that's, you know, unfortunate. That's where like our industry has, has came to on the industrial side of things. But, you know, we, yeah, we have the opportunity, definitely. you know, yeah. as custom coders to break this mold, you know, and right. I, I'm excited much, to be a part of that. As much as they want to give you that, give that information or relay that information back to the guy that matters, mm-hmm. all, all they really have to do or their main part of their job is is equal to dollars sold. It's not improving or, hey, this is a great idea or, you know, Ashton from, you know, over here said this or that, you know, you might want to think about. It's not about innovation. And that's the problem, right? Innovation is from, is in our industry is top down. It's not bottom up. Mm-mm. And this is the stuff that I'm trying to scream and shout at every chance I get. This is why we started the podcast is to get that information Let's have a discussion about it. Let's meet these guys. Let's tell them what we want and let's get the price down lower. Let's get the barrier to market. Let's get, you know, something that is unique and tell our story and share our story. And by sharing it, we're going to improve the industry. I mean, at the end of the day, we've, we've obviously seen China cut the Prague, like cut Obviously, the, the quality of a gun that's coming out of Switzerland is going to be 10 times higher than the gun coming out of China. But at the end of the day, if China can figure out how to program a gun to run almost identical to the one that's actually real. Yeah. Like, well, it, why, why, why is there just this still this weird misconstrued of, you know what I mean? Like, I'm surprised we haven't seen. It's crazy that they're doing that they're, they're reaching out to us directly now right yeah whether they speak in bro- broken english or not and here we have just put the nail in the head right here and just said come up with a lower priced quality product that we'll buy because we'll rather buy that than something from china mm-hmm. no i'm here because you know how at the end of the day you know how much of a pain in the ass it is for me to order tips or order any other parts for my gun. And I, I, at the end of the day, I don't want to pay the cost for a real tip. I don't want to pay 200 bucks for a tip. Right. I don't want to pay yeah. 200, 200 bucks for my inline. Like it's. And they could have, they could, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all for keeping things in the United States. Me too. For me China. Too. I don't think any of us are, but I could be, uh, maybe there are some, um, People that it's just crazy to me that we haven't seen like I don't it's just crazy to me that we haven't seen like a, a paint company a liquid paint company produce a powder gun yet <laughs> but like even like PPG and how PPG is so involved with 
so many different applications from liquid to industrial to marine to powder they they're pretty all over the place and and for them to not see that there's like a, this huge market for an applicable gun that's well all i can priceless. tell you is china's knocking on the door i don't think we're answering the door because we know it's a vampire right and, um we're not going to invite the vampire in but um you know i mean they're trying and they, they're eventually going to, you know, and there are people out there that are already buying China stuff just because they don't realize the deeper, uh, the deeper thing that's going on here um, with that. But, you know, and, and, and it's mind blowing all, to me that we haven't them, seen you know, a lawsuit. It's surprising to me that we haven't seen a lawsuit with GEMA, like, because how many times has that, that gun been knocked off? Right. How many people are knocking that gun off? Like, if you think about it, at the end of the day, there's like 10 different brands with that name on, on that gun. It's yeah. crazy. Like they, they rolled their eyes when I, <laughs> I'm meeting with them next week. So I probably should be careful, but, um, you know, they, they, he rolled his eyes at me the other day when I said, yeah, we want to do a Wagner Gima show off, you know, like comparison. Cause that's the biggest question, right. That people ask, you know, and he just kind of rolled his eyes, you know, like how many times has he heard that or, you know, whatever. And it's well, like, at the end of the day, we all know people are going to go buy the Wagner because it's cheaper. Yeah. So, you know, but people want that video. They want that comparison. They want that review. That, they and, that, it. that and the Wagner isn't out there. Like people don't necessarily know about it unless you're in the industry. Like people first coming into powder coating, all they really know is Gema because that's all fucking people talk about. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's definitely more broad than Wagner and Norton and stuff. Yeah. 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 You know, but I, I know they're, they're kind of rolling their eyes, but at the same time, it's like, no, this is, you're selling, you're selling units because of people want to do this. Right. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, all this talk, all it's doing is selling their gun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the China thing is going to be interesting how it unfolds. I think it'll phase out. It's it's not going to, I don't, oh yeah, just from like my experience and with vaping, like a lot of the stuff from, you know, vaping is obviously manufactured in China. And you see a lot of that. You see a lot of companies get knocked off from China and it's around for a little bit and then it just fizzles out. And the only reason why you're seeing a lot of it right now is because of the, the high demand in garage coding and people don't want to pay box price for cool coats version of what they could get for whatever you know else prior to having to wait for shipping you know it's yeah i can tell you personally like with the projects that we get here of course um well they call it patio furniture probably on the mainland we call it lanai furniture mm -hmm. and um you know we we work with tropitone um windsor uh um brown jordan uh um did I say Tropitone, Tropitone? Um, these are all US made manufacturers and I can get replacement parts mm -hmm. from any, almost any year, any, any style, any year. People call us, they got these condos, they wanna redo their lanai furniture and uh, they call me and I go, well, where'd you buy it? Oh, I bought it, it's Martha Stewart or it's Lowe's or Home Depot. And I'm like, throw it away. 
they're like yep. oh, what i paid 300 dollars for this set you know and it's like and the oh, coding the coding that you see and coming on it is like Eight. literally well or, or it's like rusted so bad because of their fucking process sucked and like the whole chair's rotting yeah i can't get replacement parts china only makes things to sell us to throw away metal or plastic or anything they don't make things to replace okay exactly. only in america do they make something that, <laughs> right, that, like that. we've done tropitone furniture that is 40 50 years old and we can find replacement parts it still looks great and we're going to give it a finish it's going to last another 10 years you know and you cannot do that with china they don't think those, that. Are, those were some of my favorite jobs to do was like when this older lady would come in and she's like oh i just want some really nice you know off white or some beige and you find the right color she likes and then she's all tickled pink about it and then she shows up and it looks brand new and she's like can't breathe because like her patio furniture is brand new again and now she's telling her husband he's got to make new cushions for it that's like yeah. that's the best day you know like when yeah. i could care less about my handrail customer that's bringing me shitloads of money but that old lady that's more tickled pink about her you know or her seashell chairs that she got when she was 15 in the 50s look yeah. brand new again it's it's yeah. great fun and I, I love it too, because I can't wait to tell the guy that owns the vacation rental here in Maui that they bought the wrong furniture <laughs> from Lowe's or Home Depot. And now you have to throw it away, even though it's only two years old, because I can't get a strap or a, a sling to, to fix it. Yep. And you're going to throw it in our dump, you know, in our uh you know in our trash on our island and go out and buy another cheap ass set and now you're going to add to our trash problem because you didn't buy usa made you can't restore it and i make them feel as bad as i can and make them guilty and you know well, and at the end of the day like when it comes down to it we live in such a disposable world now you know our we're, we're programmed to buy a new smartphone every fucking year or right. our, our flat screen TV we bought five years ago is already broken. Like we live in such a disposable society now. And that's like what, you know, it's like I had somebody ask me the other day, well, what do you think about wrapping my truck? And I'm like, you're asking the wrong person. And they're like, well, why is that? And I'm like, I'm trying to keep, I'm trying to keep an art, a dying art alive and, and people that are wrapping vehicles and, and stickering shit are killing my industry. You know, they're killing the artists and me because they want to take my art and put it on a fucking sticker and not have to do anything like, you know, and that's, it, it, it boils down into a lot of things and that's unfortunate, but you know, that's why we're here and that's why we're around is to keep things alive and, and keep things new again. And I think that that's, you know, how, powder coating just aligns so well with with how Ross and I feel about the world and and um, about our island and so are they are they big sticklers about TGIC on the island or is that kind of you guys are still with in no, we're fine. Laws? yeah, yeah. No, it's not like Europe um, yeah yeah no it's not even that and I mean I don't know how much we of that we do i imagine it's the majority of the powders that we use but um we you'd like be surprised you'd be so surprised how much even you'd be surprised today of how much is people don't use it anymore yeah well i know the industry is trying to change it and go in that you know 
I hope to God we still have some TGIC 25 years from now because it's fucking amazing, but it's pretty, it's pretty dangerous. With the extreme conditions that we have here, it's very hard to recommend something else. What do you guys, what do you like for a question for me, for you guys is what do you guys spray a lot? Like, what do you guys mostly spray like big box wise? Brand wise. Yeah. Tiger. Tiger. Creep. And that's what infuriated me so much last week when I talked to them because I was like, Have you not sprayed no. much Cardinal or is Cardinal kind of hard for you to get? No, it's not hard for me to get. Um, I have to email them. So it's a bit of a back and forth. Uh, we have, have samples here and we usually wait for uh, the customer to request it. Right, right, right. I don't know what that is. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that um, our customer, you know, Tiger was one of the first people to reach out to us and send us brochures when we were getting going. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have an incredible line of bronzes, which are very popular here. Mm -hmm. You know, we have red dirt and it gets everywhere so like whites and light colors and stuff other than if it's on a rim um you know people tend to gravitate toward the darker colors just to hide the yeah. dirt and stuff and um you know it just it just happened that i had a rapid tiger at the time that was just um um just very willing i would and- think i would think uh because we have a distrib like cardinal has a distribution hub here in washington and woodland so i would assume like either that or California would be. They usually ship out of California for us. And um, um, I think that I, you know, I, I don't know how you order. This is kind of an interesting, this would be a great question for a group forum. And that is um, how do you guys handle your pricing here? You know, how are you building in the powder pricing? Are you, you know, for us, it's like, well, if you special order for a gate or a railing, you're, you're going to buy that box, whether I use the whole thing or not. And then if you yeah. want it, you can have it, but you know, it's going to end up on my shelf anyways. Right. So, yeah. So like, obviously that's, I would say that's any, any powder coating shops like problem, you know, yeah. trying to deal with excess paint, um, like in the industrial industrial side, any powder shop I've ever been to, unless it's some kid that's like bought his own paint and brought it in. Yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. Forget that. We've had some bad stuff happen to us. Yeah, you know, we don't had, know how old it is. Yeah, and that's, I've had issues with that too. But um, that's really like the only time that I would give the paint back. But for me, coming like from my side of things, like I'm such of an abnormal coder compared to like everybody else in the industry, I would say. So I buy colors to bring colors to market. Mm-hmm. So like what I'm doing is I'm trying to obviously I'll do stuff on, you know, if somebody brings some, sends me something to do, it's my job to pick their brand apart, see what they want style wise. And then I'll be like, suggest this, this, or this, or unless they have like a good idea, then I'll roll with it and kind of put my twist on it. But, but for mainly I just buy, like, I just buy by the pound. So like, or two pounds. So like, I don't really go through a lot. I'm not, I'm not having to put on a lot of millage of what I'm doing, obviously. And so a pound, goes a long ways for me um at the end of the day i buy paint just to have in stock to play with to learn you know i'm constantly experimenting i'm constantly learning i'm constantly trying to figure out you know which colors won't chemically work together 
you know, being that, you know, certain fluorescents don't like to be inlaid on top of with certain other colors and they'll just go different. Yeah, you're color. going deep down the rabbit hole there, you know, because most yeah. people don't have it, that, you know. And a, and a lot of it also like ties back into like with like the elaborate inlay working I'm doing, I'm racing against the clock of jail time. So literally you're inlaying within your gel time, but you're also like almost on that verge of 80%. So you're not going to get delay issues, but you're also not going to get like molding issues where you're getting other colors bonding to colors and then creating another one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you're, you're yeah. constantly playing this fucking window game and not trying to go too far before you're, you're going to actually yeah, final set everything. Fun. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those, your items, and that's the thing, you have to be so precise. There really isn't any room for mistakes at all on your level. So if I told you, do you, when you think I do my inlay work, do you think it's done with electricity? No, I'm well, I can see some of it isn't, but um, I'm just saying in terms of the product, like you've got one shot and you cannot make a mistake at all. You oh, know? Yeah. And um, that's like I, the, you, sometimes you you'll make a mistake and you're like strip tank here we go start all over you know and and that's the benefit i'm not doing like a wheel or i'm not doing you know somebody's big bumper or something at the time like i do have that i have capable i have like obviously my bench top setup and then i also have my four by four by six convection electric so that's that's been nice because i do i get i'm contracted with uh, a lot of these cap makers like uh feature from coil turd i do his caps uh m turk from m turk i do his caps i i do a lot of big name people's stuff so like my background of doing you know production work and being in a production shop doesn't you know getting right it doesn't stress me out when i have 400 to a thousand caps in my living room that i got a process within a week i'm like let's go like money (laughs) money money you know like it's i'm not you know, at any point I'm not uncomfortable, but I think the only times when I really do get nervous is like when I'm doing one job and it's been like a couple of days and I'm a little shaky or, you yeah, know, or, you have you, so you also sell like you, you're also selling like your. So like with what I do, I'm selling just a service, obviously, like I'm a powder coater, but what people would do is instance they would like if they had a certain mod like these are mechanical mods there's no board there's no electronical regulated board in these these are all mechanical they're unregulated and with that people like to personalize them or you know there's certain brands that are people are super loyal to or you know there's just like anything there's people that like this company or that company and there's all walks of life in this industry and they all like to personalize them and that's where I came in and kind of turned the industry upside down and was like, this is what I can offer. And it just kind of blew up to where, you know, now I have people all over the world sending me their setups to coat one of one for them, you know, it's special to them. And, but I'm surprised you're not selling the, uh, you're not selling them either. Like, so yeah, that's like, it's a big taboo thing in the sense of like with my website, I don't want to have it to be like 21 plus age. You know what I mean? So like, I don't want to get down that rabbit hole of like having to deal with like the age restriction and you know what I mean? Like really like the whole mod thing was my mill ticket to get me into the industry to be doing wheels and to be doing lift kits and doing, you know, the things that I've been doing for the last 10 years. But guess what? Like I don't have 
20 grand to go buy a big oven and, and buy a gun and buy a nice booth. And cause if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. And everything right. I've done, I've never done it. I've never gotten a loan. It's all been out of pocket. Like I've, you know, job comes in and I get extra money. Cool. It's going back into the that's business. Yeah. That's how you scale. Or, you know, obviously it pays to keep the lights on and food in my children's tummy. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that's really at the end of the day, that's, this is like the mill ticket to me, you know, getting a booth big enough to spray wheels in comfortably. Mm-hmm. And, and that's like, I can do it, but right now it's like kind of sketchy putting my cart in front of my little tiny booth top bench booth and spraying one wheel at a time. And then like a racket yeah, over here. And yeah, it's just, it's not like it's not doable, but I don't want to get you know an hour into a wheel and then have like a little piece of debris in it and i'm like you know going crazy so it's i'm just taking my time and that's i feel like you know with other coders in the industry it's like they don't take their time they're not taking their time you know perfecting their process they're not perfecting their environment and and that's where you're going to run into issues like let you know like certain things can't be done correctly if you don't have the the right environment to do it in like I, I have the right environment to do these little toys in all fucking day but when it comes down to doing big stuff i gotta shut the whole shop down clean it down you know and make sure a door's open so i'm getting all my shit going in my little tiny booth and but that's yeah. the goal is to to get a bigger booth and be kind of I want to get a bigger booth so where I can be doing wheels and then I can hire somebody within like the vape industry that I'm friends with and give them a job and have them kind of take over the mod coding side of things. Yeah. So yeah. I can keep going and vision. yeah, I would, I would like to be like a, you know, I, I want to give Sean a little run for his money and, you know, you see a lot of like Zach Pinnock and Lacey Blair, they're doing a lot of cool work and I want, yeah. you know, I want to be up there with those names and I want to be kind of, turning some heads and, and giving a little bit of run for their money. Yeah. I'd like to have them on the show uh, at some point. I know they're big heavy hitters. Um, dude, that dude, Zach does some insane work. He does. Yeah. But I think he's, it's not just that he's at another level. I, I don't know his whole story, so I'm not going to speak too much. Because right. Really. Just from what I see, it's like, I see a lot of hard work went into what he's doing and he's obviously, you know, it's paid off and it's, it's cool to see somebody stay humble, put out good content and yeah. hear no drama from it. You know what I mean? Like right. that's yeah. just, that's what I'm after is good organic content. And that's what I follow. You know, I'm not going to follow fucking fake wannabe shit. And well, I think when you're at that level too, you're given opportunity. It's like, you're like, you were saying, you know, you, you're working with some of the top uh, fake people in the industry. Yeah, um, I think he's also in that le- on that level in his realm, right? He's, right. He's been given the opportunity to make the rims for you know a SEMA truck or this or that, you know, and that's boosted his profile and and stuff, you know. Um, we all need inspiration for right. sure. I think there's more than one person or one girl or and and I think. I would let, that's why I'd love to have Lacey or any, I just. Yeah. That's like a big thing. Like, uh, the, the impact of women coming into this industry impact is of women, very yes, fucking I, rad. Like don't is. stop, keep going. Don't stop. Don't let any dude with the dick between his legs tell you otherwise keep fucking kicking ass. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And I'm really just, um, 
I haven't met the right girl yet. And I'm just going to do a shout out that if you are that girl, I want to hear from you. I, I did email Lacey if she's ever listening to this podcast. I did email her, but I didn't hear back from her yet. But, you know, there's a process you have to, you know, you have to engage with them on social media. They have to know who you are before they're going to even respond to some dorky, you know, dorky email from like, who are you? You know, but I, I did notice that you follow the utensil guy. Yeah. Me and, uh, me and him are good friends, man. He's a, he's a big inspiration to me with what he's doing with powder. I feel like he kind of follows the same, uh, same thing I do. He wants to see powder come to a different, you know, a different form. Like for me, I'm inspired by my brother's airbrushing. Obviously I'm not doing stencil work like he is. Like I kind of, I've kind of stayed away from that because I don't want to step on his toes in any way because the level of stencil work that he is bringing to this industry is like, I, I, I have so much respect for that guy. I have so much love for I that guy. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how. I did you see that CP3O bottle he did with like five different colors and it's got purple and stuff in it? I'm like, dude, you're making my hair. You're, I'm pulling my hair out looking at your work. Here's the thing that I, here's the rub. I look at his profile and I only see like a couple hundred, few hundred people following him. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like where, how, oh my God. He's using the same booth I am. You know, how is he not having like 3000 followers, 4,000 followers like you? Because I think that's incredible what he does. And anybody listening, please go over there right now and, yeah, the utensil uh, guy the and the utensil, utensil company. I've, I've noticed he hasn't been doing much on his page, the utensil guy page much lately. He's been really, I think him and his wife have been really focusing on like the company page. Yeah, let's bring him up because I want to, um, yeah, let me, okay, this is your page. So let's go here and then we'll Google. Um, what, his name right now. The, here we go, Aaron. Okay. Yeah, big shout outs to Aaron. He's, Aaron, he's uh, yeah. This stuff is incredible. I mean, you can see this for weddings or for wedding gifts. I mean, everything he does is just insane. It's so puffy, and yet you can see the lines clearly. It baffles me how he does this. It just like the thing, that, the thing that gets me off about his work is when you look at the yes. millage between his parts. Yeah. You can see how much he stacked it, and you're like, yeah. yes! You That's did it. what I'm saying. Like, how did, oh my god, I, my daughter so would rich. do this. This is like, this is like um, Serena from, um, what's that? Oh, that, oh my god, one of the first, I, I might have to buy that. <laughs> it's like one of the first anime we used to watch was the Sailor Moon. Prom. Yeah, a lot of the Simpson donut stuff, like all the, the cups and He's just been killing it lately. He's all... I wanted to get that for my uh, daughter's fiance. He loves the Joker. I mean, it just goes on and on. The creativity coming out of this guy is insane, you know? Oh, yeah. And this is like, this. his page isn't really, you should go look at the utensil company page. The utensil company oh, page has more of their, that one. I, I yeah, that, that has more of their recent work. And that's where you're going to be able to buy his stuff. And oh, here we go. Okay, yeah. maybe I'm following the wrong Instagram. Oh, here oh, we go. Hold that's your breath that's... because he's got a bunch of new stuff that just dropped. That's it right insane. Now. Like okay. the Duff beer mugs, 
how has he got all only 200 followers? But okay, it's here. This is the main page. Yeah, and then he's got videos of him pulling his stencils and stuff. I messaged him the other day. I'm like, bro, why are you why are you sharing your secrets right now? I he's couldn't like, do that. But but at the same time, Ashton, I couldn't do that, or my husband wouldn't have the time. You know, it's not for everybody. You know, right? And oh my God, that is insane. Yeah, I. He so is he, still, like, is he like you where he, uh, does he sell these at, and you buy them? Yeah, so like there, I, I encourage you guys to go to their website, buy all their mugs, buy all their utensils because this <laughs> dude busts his ass and he is so he kind. Like he does, yeah. And like prior, like to talking to him, like last summer, he was, uh, me and him started talking quite a bit and he would have problems. Like he was having Faraday problems in some of the mugs he was doing. And I was like, no, dude, like drop your KVs here, put your air here and, and then tell me what you think and then switch to a different tip. He it's messages, he messaged me back and he's like, I've been dealing with this for so long. He's like, thank you so much. And then he like kind of taught me some of his tricks and he was actually supposed to come up here and we were supposed to do some stuff together, but with COVID happening and so on oh, and so God. forth, they didn't end up making it up this way this year. So that's insane. Yeah. The, the freaking iron man one is nuts and where is he based out of i want to say uh, they're like rv they're like an rv couple so they like travel all over the place oh, you're kidding yeah so i don't know At the last time i talked to him he was telling me he was in texas somewhere and then i think i seen him that they were in california or something but wow talk about crafting a life that's crazy. yeah well, they, th what they did, what they were doing is they were chasing all these like, uh, you know, art festivals and stuff. And like mm -hmm. up here in the Northwest, we have like art on the green and we have a lot of car shows and stuff. So I could see them going to a lot of these shows and really selling out in my opinion, like they would kill it. This is, look at that. Yeah. His Mando work is insane. Oh my a lot of he taught me that wipe technique too so some of the work that you see i i use a little bit of his technique and then he uses some technique that i use that i've taught him how to use too just from talking and that's like kind of the thing is like i've kept a lot of what i do to myself but when somebody's doing work like this i'm like bro <laughs> so i mean so he's so you pay for the tumbler. Let's just pick that, add it to the cart. Okay, so 115, that's still like such a good price for the amount of labor that's dirt cheap. That's so cheap. I, I can't. I, like even my mugs, like I charge for a mug like this, that's like faded and galaxied. And this even has glow in the dark clear on it. Yeah. I charge like 50 bucks for that. For the work part, not the... No, for the mug and everything, because this is just oh. the cheaper Arctic Trail ones. Oh, okay. All or the right. Ozark Trail or whatever, not the Yeti. Yeah. That's when it starts getting spendy is when you start doing this stuff on Yeti mugs. Right. Yeah, because it's such an expensive product, but they're popular, right? So, yeah, this is... Um, everybody needs to go check that guy out. He, I've been following him for at least a year or so, um, but I'm glad you rerouted me to the correct... Um, one because yeah he was I was kind of worried about him for a minute because I didn't see much work coming out of him and I'm like what the heck where's all of his work at and then my wife yeah. was like 
no, he's been posting stuff on like the, the business page lately. And I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Because I was thinking, what's why does he not, you know, I saw his posts and he's using hashtags and stuff, but I'm like, how come? Well, he- even for the longest time, I had a lot of good work out there too. And up until I got plugged into the right community with people and people started shouting me out and, yeah. you know, it, it takes take time, you know, yeah. like. I didn't reach a thousand followers. It took me like seven years to get to a thousand followers. And then yeah. once you hit a thousand, it's like overnight you're, yeah. you know, it's nothing. Like everything seems so simple beyond that point. And yeah, like, to be honest with you, that's not why I'm here. That's not, that's not what I do, what I do. It's not, you know, I'm not here for the follows. I'm not here for, to be famous. You know, I'm just here to, to be happy. And that was like really my main goal of, of starting my own business is to be able to wake up and be happy to be able to be there at any given chance for my children, you know, and, and to really, I think the thing of, of just seeing being in the industry for, you know, a good 10 years and seeing that me as a production painter, you know, a lot of people wanted my work, but at the end of the day, you know, people either didn't want to wait for, you know, the over, you know, the time of me getting to their jobs, you know, being in a big production shop, you know, how long stuff takes mm-hmm. to get done. And you know, after being through three different shops, dealing with three different, you know, employers, three different formats of how to run a powder shop, I felt like I had a good enough idea of where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And I just, I wanted to be able to cater towards the mom and pop people. I wanted to be able to cater towards those people that they actually want to pay you at a little extra money to get that better, you know, that better finish. They don't want some white, you know, handrail with black in it, or, you know, like they're going to come to me for my experience and my time. And I kind of pride myself in that. I, I run my shop off of time and materials. So like my shop rate is 65 bucks an hour and I'll run time and materials. And I can pretty much tell you if like you bring me four wheels, they're going to take me like four hours, five hours. Right. you know yeah exactly and you know give or take if i have to strip them and blast them and then they have to be in the oven for an hour or two to to thermal clean correctly then you know get that's what it is but you know i'm gonna explain that to you and the shop down the road isn't gonna explain that to you and the shop down the road isn't gonna show you how clean the inside of their sandblast cabinet or their sandblast booth is you know and and that's the thing is people don't understand that 90% of the work is your sandblasting and the material you're using. Like I go the extra length and I, I use garnet. I use expensive material because for one, it doesn't create too much dust Two, It doesn't break down as fast. And three, the profile you get from garnet is next to nothing. In my opinion. So just have that last week on the, well, not last week, but the last episode we talked about that. I've used a lot. I've used clean blast. I've used green diamond. They all, you know, copper slag, they all work good. They all do. They all have their right place, but I got spoiled with using garnet at the last shop I was at. And I was like, I am, I'm not going to switch to anything else or back to anything else. It's worth the money in my opinion. It is totally. Yeah. And I mean, he said on the podcast, you know, um, that's, uh, uh, Jeff Taylor and I'm actually going to interview him tomorrow. No, Monday we're going for another another round. Um, and that you know, uh, how, you know the benefits of garnet, and you know it's more expensive. But then he was saying, oh, you need to change it out like um, four to five every four to five times. And I'm like, no, we're stretching it a little longer than that. That's how much you oh. would want us to replace it. 
Yeah. Uh, but you know, we're stretching it out just a little bit longer than that. It's just the 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 severity of the clean the cleanliness of it that I like the most about garnet. Mm-hmm. And it's just at the end of the day, if I don't have to stress about you know what's in my broken down material then I'm not stressing when it comes to putting paint on this wheel or, or whatever it may be, you know? And I think that's one thing that people don't stress enough on is like, if you go to a production shop and you have a set of aluminum wheels for your roadster or, or something that you've spent your hard earned money on, the last thing I want is some coating shop to sandblast a bunch of carbon steel before they did my aluminum wheels and then impregnate my aluminum wheels with a bunch of carbon. (laughs) You know, and and that's that's the thing, like where I learned a lot to where almost as a coder, it makes you like second guess yourself almost, you know, and it it almost sucks to be the coder that knows too much because then you're just always constantly worried about what's going to go wrong, you know, and I think if you just kind of take a breath, take your time and, and just make sure every step of your process is foolproof from even washing to to even cleaning, like to hanging your product. Like that's, that's the big thing that even, you know, to 10 years down the road that drives me nuts is when I see hang points. Yeah. <laughs> like hang marks. And- oh, it's constantly like, that is the challenge, right? When you're given something, it's like, what's going to give you the least amount. And, but still give you great ground. But yeah. Right. You know, and that's, yeah. you we're constantly fighting between that. And, and it's not easy to teach that too. I, we, you know, we had, that was going on with our employee where we were like okay think this through you know what are you how are you going to do this and that was like the that's one thing i big preach on especially when you're doing big big fucking weldments is like i've already in my head prior to even going into that sandblast building I've mm-hmm. already up and down that thing 20 times and i've already come up with the process of where i'm going and what i'm doing because you know a lot of the stuff i would paint hot you know, like yeah. when you're in a production shop, you're doing stuff hot to get the millage on there and to get the product in the oven faster, you know, mm-hmm. and that's really the goal. And like, I don't, I, I, I miss the days of the, the hustle and bustle, but then again, I realize, you know, like I don't miss coming home with 300 pounds of zinc and black in my hair. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Some of the things that we're doing with this new shop is sort of hybriding our um, ovens right now. That's rad. Uh, so yeah, we've got a little bit of a, a small little Frankenstein back behind this wall here. And um, you know, it's small enough that if we made the mistake or miscalculated or whatever, but so far it has improved uh, cure times or just production times on mm-hmm. rims and everything else so much faster i can't even believe it like it, it's like lightning speed and it's just you know i don't want to give too much away because i think ross wants to talk about it soon um and he's just in the middle of building the big oven now but um i think someday soon we're gonna we're gonna kind of reveal and take some fit- video of it and stuff to see what the reaction will be but so far, so good. It's it's kept the temp no problem, and it gets to temp faster because that's also an issue, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and 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 maintaining that temp stronger, uh, but the production time it's like, oh man, the wheel is just getting done so much faster, you know? Yeah, that was like the big thing that 
you know, I went from, I left a shop that was, you know, the Taj Mahal 50 foot, you know, booth and a rapid fire oven and it's all cool and dandy. But once you get to that size, you don't understand the stress of like, shit has to be perfect when it's going in that oven. Like it's in, I almost like I, I, I lived for that. You know, I lived for that, you know, being at the forefront and, and hustling and bussing. And I, I was very prideful and proudful of that. But at the end of the day, it's like, I think I have more fun taking my time and just breathing and calming down and just taking in everything and just enjoying the moment, you know? And like, that was like when I got to do those two-tone wheels, like I dreamed for years and years. Like I remember watching like really the only information that you could find on YouTube back in the day was the guy from ADC powder coating. And that's how I figured out how to do a two-tone wheel because he showed like the whole vacuuming and the whole wiping technique. And that's all that, that's all that took is him showing me how to wipe something five, six years ago. And that's it literally every day repeated in my head. And then like, you know, if you put your gun on the, on the stand again, and then it dropped like red out of the gun and it hits the ground and it splatters everywhere. That's how I figured out like, Oh, I could make these galaxy S looking splatters. Yeah. Yeah. it was just weird things that kind of popped up in my head over the production side for so many years that, you know, once I got. NB Coatings on YouTube has some stuff on there too, right? I think, is it them or, I don't know. I haven't seen them. his. Yeah, NB, N is in Nancy, V is in Victor. NB. And it's, it's pretty crazy. I started powder coating in 2012 for Lake City Powder Coating here in Coeur d'Alene. Mm-hmm. And I worked, I worked for Larry for about eight years and then I got a wild hair up my ass and I was going to go back and spray it liquid. So I went and worked for a roller coaster company called Rocky Mountain Roller Coasters here in Idaho. I worked for them for two weeks and I was like, fuck liquid. I can't, I can't stand liquid. And just the, the differences between bosses, it, it was like, Holy cow, these guys are crazy. I can't deal with it. Well, good thing for you because Ross is allergic to um, uh, polyurethane now, oil-based polyurethane. He's allergic to it. Yeah, and then, Um, so I I got sick of that, walked down the street to my competitor powder coating shop at the time, and I I walked in there, and he was like, oh, I'm looking for a new manager right now. And I was like, well, I guess I'd probably be your best bet in this town. (laughs) I could put money on it, and that ended up being not so well. And, you know, it was just kind of like, it was a family run business and the son was kind of a, you know, a, a bad person. And, and didn't, we really didn't see eye to eye. And I figured out really soon that he wasn't going to leave and I wasn't going to get that manager spot. And I was just going to be the little grunt that knew everything. Right. So at, during this time, I knew there was a shop being built out in Rafterham. And at the time that was going to be, you know, the biggest shop, the biggest oven, the biggest everything, the newest equipment, this side of Mississippi, pretty much to like California or Southern Mm -hmm. Washington. So I was like, heck yeah. Like I'd I'd had all this experience from, you know, the the Nordson versus spray two and, you know, being able to lay gloss black like it was glass with that gun. And then I went to, to Spectrum and I learned how to use the Gima and they never let me spray hot. So I learned like pretty much went backwards and just taught myself how to spray cold again, you know, mm-hmm. and learn a newer ish gun. And then I walked into, they told me to leave and go like apply for unemployment one day. 
And I was like, all right, like, cool. Like you just told me what I wanted to hear. So I left and I had like some side jobs at home because I had my little craftsman gun and my little convection toaster oven that I was doing mods with. So at that time I was literally covering my rent with, you know, my side work. So I like got a wild hair at my ass, went into that shop that was being built. And the guy that owned that shop was in there painting like a full car to handrail. <laughs> and he's got a dude behind him with a flashlight. <laughs> and he's in this huge, that booth that I just showed you, that's all lit up and beautiful. Yeah. And he's got this nice gun. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, he's my QC guy. And I'm just like, your QC guy shouldn't be here. <laughs> you should be outside checking your stuff that's like getting ready to be leaving and he's like looking at me like who the fuck are you and i'm like dude you you need a painter and he's like oh yeah i know and he's like can you be here at seven tomorrow and i'm like sure so i wake up and i get ready to leave and he's like i was up till like five spraying he's like come in at 11 so then i walked in at like 11 they didn't have anything racked up. They didn't have anything ready for me to paint. And this is like, you would probably have a heart attack seeing like how nice this building, like you could eat off the floors in this building. Like it's nothing powder coating has ever seen at this point, you know? Right. And I'm just like, holy crap. So they rack me up all this stuff and I put my headphones on and I go in the booth and I'm dancing and I'm painting and I'm doing my thing. And I'm like, are you guys going to load up another, like I'm yelling, like, keep going like this is what a powder shop is like i got do i have to teach you how to do this like this dude spent millions of dollars building this shop and he had no idea how to run it yeah so I, then you know i go in and i helped him turn and burn you know and he started to get the idea like holy shit this kid knows what he's doing and you know then reps started coming in and reps were telling me like dude you probably have the most style i've seen on a gun like you look like a liquid painter when you paint I'm like, well, that's what I came from originally. And I just wanted to be, you know, if a painter came in here, I'd want him to see what, a, you know, it's a painter. Like, you shouldn't be shaking your gun like a crazy man. Like, this isn't the 1950s anymore. And that was just something I took pride in. And I ran with it. And I think, like, the biggest realization is I turned this job with, like, all these awnings that I had. I had to spray all this paint from Mexico. I can't remember the company, what it was called. It was a bunch of powder that we bought from Mexico and we had like did this huge equation on all the surface area and how much, you know, like a mill covers so much. So we did all this math and we ordered all this paint and stuff. So I had to like, I had to calculate certain pounds per, you know, per awning. Mm -hmm. And I had to dump that much on said awning and said cart. So like I would have certain bags weighed up or I'd, you know, I'd weigh throughout the whole thing and I would, I would have to, obviously way, but then I would have to calculate and I'd have to write everything down. So like I monitor how many years, how many, yeah. Yeah, so I don't run out of this green or I don't run out of this red or I don't run out of this beige because I had all these awnings to do for like this extended stay hotel in Mexico, not Mexico, but in Arizona somewhere. Long story short, it was like over a $500,000 job and I turned it in five days. Obviously I had like the best sandblaster, this kid that I had, he's no longer with us, but he was this younger kid that fucking amazing sandblaster. He walked in, had no idea what he was doing. And we taught him how to do what we wanted to do. And that's what we got from this kid. But, you know, thankfully we had, you know, a good crew that was sandblasting. We had a good hanging crew and I was the only painter. Nobody would at this time had 
the gumption to get on the other gun. I had two pumps in this room and nobody would use the other pump. I can't mm. use both pumps. Like, so I was, I turned this job in like a week. It was like seven days, watched it all get loaded up and taken out. And it was, you know, like seven days of like nonstop, like there at five in the morning till four in the morning, like sleeping an hour or not sleeping at all. And you know, I'm, I'm not the kind of person that's like, Hey, give me my money or anything, but it would have been nice to have been like, here's a bonus. You just made me half a million dollars right. in five right. fucking days, you know, like, and that's when I knew I was like, you know, I've obviously taught this guy how to make a lot of money. I've showed him a lot of my tricks, which a lot of my prior bosses would probably be mad about because I probably took a lot of work from them after leaving their shops, you know? And it's just like a, I got, I got really tired. I got really discomplacent. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I got excited at first because I got to paint with all this cool stuff. But then, you know, after a year, two years goes by, you're like, it's never ending that, you know, he's biting off more than he can chew every day. You know, he's expecting you to do this, this, and this. And then he would hire a, another painter to come in and the other painter would supposedly have 15 years, like they all say. And then <laughs> the funniest thing I'll never forget this guy's like, you know, talking himself up like, oh yeah, yeah, I've been painting this and this for, you know, so many years. And I worked at this shop and that shop. And I'm like, okay, cool. I was like, that gun behind you's ready. You got a new mask right there. I was like, you ready to do a hot coat? And the dude looks at me and he goes, what's a hot coat? <laughs> you've been painting, you've been powder coating for 15 years and you don't know what a hot coat is. Wow. Like that's the stuff that I had to deal with, you know? That's and then, you know, like every painter, you know, give or take some that didn't even happen by accident <laughs> yeah right, exactly like how were you not preheating anything and getting away that with does it not happen and just you know yeah. like by chance i mean we even have guns that are called hot coats today <laughs> like i mean wasn't that like the trick back in the 50s when they couldn't get stuff to stick they just heat it up and like yeah <laughs> You know, like that was, that's how I got taught from a dude that had 30 years of experience, you know, and it was just, it's kind of crazy. And, you know, I, I hear through the grapevine that they've gone through 10 plus painters since, or, you know, and that's not, I'm not here to, to say or do that. You know, it's like, I just wanted to be happy and, and to be able to provide my family with the things I want to give my family. And, and this area, there's nobody that can do what I can do. So to me, I just see you. I just rolled my dice. I see I just, you global. Hopefully, yeah. that's the goal, you know, like is that's to. That's a barrier. You found a product that you can be global with. That's amazing. I think like the main thing though is like what I would like to do is like to be able to travel to shops and, and help people like with problems or, you know, just help them figure out what they're, they're, they're tr trying to troubleshoot, you know, like, because a lot of you know, having somebody else around or having somebody else that has like sign, a like, you know, mind that kind of thinks the same, you might be able to see something that they're not seeing or, you know, just help somebody troubleshoot a problem that they've had, you know, a hell of a time with. And I don't feel like there's people in this industry that want to do that, but, you know, it'd be pretty cool to be able to fly out to you guys and help you guys for a couple of days or show you yeah. a couple of tricks, you know, of how to paint a huge walk-in gate and, you know, and, and to be right, you know, and that's the thing, like, I don't, that's what I would, I wished of, like, I wished, you know, reps would come in and, and put their suit on and get in the booth with me and spray with me. Like, 
I would have loved to have a piss and match with a rep. You know what I mean? Like those things, those, those are what these painters need, you know, like painters need somebody to come in and like, you know, ruffle their feathers a little bit and like ask them questions and make them think because at the end of the day, like, I'm sure, you know, people deal with it too. Like I'm sure Kayser deals with, you know, having good people that come in that are applicators that he's got a babysit or that, you know, like that he has to make sure that he's probably got a lot of money invested into his applicators, you know, to know what, so something doesn't go wrong. Yeah. And inevitably, I mean, he just posted the other day about how just even using the wrong hook, um, he kind of messed up his whole operation, you know, and, you know, and it's just a, such an everyday occurrence and how he goes about explaining it is just, you know, in the process and the, He's it, perfect. It's just the way he writes or, you know, he's I like, think helpers, but like, it's he's like, uh, he's like the, the perfect advocate for our industry. He is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm going to have him on the directory of, we're working out like his blog. We're going to try to put a feed in there of his blog, because although he's speaking to powder coders, not all of his posts are that they're to the consumer as well. Like how, what to expect on a rainy day. You know, I mean, I love that post. That's you seeing know. that's the stuff that I oversee, you know, that's the stuff that I had to deal with as a lead coder. Guess what? I was the dude that had to run the forklift and I had to package everything up that had to bubble oh, everything God. up. Oh my God. Oh. So long, you know, or stacking handrail correctly and padding yeah. it correctly. Like those are the things that like I would just go AWOL over and, and to have somebody in the industry that's actually explaining that stuff for consumers is like, why didn't we think of this? Yeah, I think he's, you know, it's just, he's just sharing his journey, but the way he writes is towards like a consumer where someone, he can write either way, right. uh, you know? And I think that's kind uh, of like- There's a guy I'm, I'm hoping to interview uh, soon. He just started a YouTube channel. Um, and I thought, should I reach out to him this soon? You know, because he's really just kind of growing a channel. And I'm so glad I did. I hope to have him on the show, but his angle is so unique. I, well, I don't know what his angle is. I'm trying to figure it out. But what I saw was uh, someone that could actually be perfectly placed on the directory front and center because it's it's almost like this one one video I was watching was him talking about a small project, just a garage project. If this is ideal, this is what we need to inspire consumers to get to why they want to go with a powder coater versus a painter, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's just a small little job shop. It was, you know, it's a DIY project that probably was more advanced uh, than the average and why you'd want to send it to a powder coater because they've got this extra knowledge that, you know, a DIYer wouldn't have, but um, you could totally direct that whole ins- that whole um, YouTube channel to just the consumer market and doing small projects uh, and featuring, you know, like those little things that you, the, the uh, circus stuff, you know, the restoring of the old stuff and rims, whatever. You could just make it towards a consumer, the angle, you know. So we'll see how he develops his channel because a lot of the people that we're watching now are uh you know like unknown who's just giving you diy because you're already in you've already been powder coating for a while and you just want this question answered yeah, he's or- like he's 
he's pretty much like the cookie cutter of knowledge for people that want the knowledge fast that have obviously jumped through loopholes, figured out, you know, that this gun really isn't going to do this for me. Right. And they're already beyond that point. These are the people that are, you know, having problems or, you know, in the sense of just kind of looking where they're going to go next of what they want to try to do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lot of unfortunate. That's a lot of things that we deal with in this industry is a lot of monkey see monkey do. Mm -hmm. And not a monkey get off your ass and do what you want to do, you know, like, and I, I feel like that's what I tried as myself as I try to put out as much organic and as much raw me as myself, because I don't want to have to deal with some different persona of me, you know, like, I don't want to put on some fake face of, you know, this, right. or that. like, I want, right. I want people to have real knowledge. And I want to have people to like me for who I am and not, you know, just think I'm some dude that's just a painter like you know and that's that's unfortunate like I think that's with Sean Sean puts forward a lot of organic content like Sean is Sean and Sean's raw and if you don't like Sean then it's yeah it, go somewhere else you go know like else, right yeah and he's pretty he's pretty right on with his you know like with what he's telling you and and that's kind of something I've tried to relay in what I'm doing in my live feeds is kind of explain you know this is this powder and this is what I have this set at you know even though a lot of my people that are viewing me don't come to me for that information but I feel like it's my job and my duty to to be professional and to explain certain things so like let's say a powder coater does show up on my live feed I don't look like some dumbass that doesn't know what I'm talking about Right. You know what I mean? And, and that's just being professional in what you do. And that's obviously, you know, it, it's going to, that's the passion showing too, you know? Well, I, you know, and the thing is, is everybody wants to be everywhere, but you know, how, where are you going to be good at? Right. So you can have. You know, being everywhere. That's all I got to say. I deal with like Facebook and Instagram and I have my own website and that, that is enough to drive me crazy. Like I've finally gotten to this point to where I like my wife is like working a job that she really didn't like and she was getting really stressed out and I was just like fuck it just quit and you can work for me like you can come in she's been sandblasting for me she's been hanging parts for me like there's nothing that like she won't get on the gun just yet like I'm like trying to like come on just try it you know like it's fun you know and and like she'll sit there and stand stuff with me and a lot of I I do a lot of trick stuff so like I don't like tape. I try to avoid tape at any given moment. And you'd be amazed what you could do with an air hose or with like an air blower. Yeah, right. And and obviously these tubes and stuff, you can blow them out and wipe and, and do a lot of clean, cool stuff. And she's pretty talented at that. You know, I've showed her how to do it and she started, you know, we've dropped a few things here and there together, but she's, she's getting good at it and she holds me accountable, you know, and it's, it makes me. Oh, like Jennifer Kate. You know, she's the main coder at Black Label. That's crazy. Oh. That's cool. She does a lot of it herself, you know. And that's like something that I want to bring. You know, I want her to maybe get on the gun someday because women are a little bit. You more, don't know what they're good at until you give them. They that could be method. better than us. They could be way better than us. <laughs> so, and that's the that's the thing. You know, I'd I'd like it to be able to. You know, if something happens, she knows what to do and she can you know provide for herself or for my kids and her yeah. kids and and that's the thing you know and but main reason why I brought her on is to deal with like my business page on Facebook obviously I have a group but that's more towards like the vape side community things of what I do 
and uh, she deals with that. She helps me with like the booking and and all that great stuff. And she's actually the reason why I got the big oven. She invested into me to get the big oven and to do wheels. And mm-hmm. it takes a it takes a it's pretty strong, strong woman to uh, you know take yeah. that big of a an investment and throw it at me, but. She's obviously had to deal with me and listen to me talk like this every night. So <laughs> I think she believes in me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, it was just when I started to go and want knowledge or seek knowledge, I couldn't find any, you know, yeah. it's like where, you know, I, I guess I had come from a different industry. So it seemed like it was just some more prevalent, you know, um, it was interior design and construction and everything I feel like everything is so much more explanatory you know like everything everybody's kind of sees like the okay what's the catch in it you know being that it's shoes or clothes or fashion or or, or whatever it may be but then it kind of comes down to like these industrial things that you know you got to go to a special shop for or you got to go to this special someone for and it's just kept our I honestly think it's been like the demise of our industry it's kept our industry so quiet you know it's like and that's the, the unfortunate part is that that's why there's no information out there because no pe- nobody wants to share their information because if you look at the East Coast side of things, it's a lot of these manufacturing and huge powder coating shops, you know, that, you know, may do manufacturing inside and, and have a powder coating operation or you have like the Sherman Williams plant, you know, that obviously mm-hmm. paints stuff for a lot of people. So a lot of stuff's like in-house or it's a lot of secrets or, you know, like obviously companies don't want this company coming up with a match. Like if you've ever sprayed BK08 from Cardinal, I swear to God, everybody in the industry has a match to BK08 Cardinal that doesn't match, you know, like, (laughs) and and that's kind of like the thing I would, I would just really like to see everybody get along, come together, do their thing, but also, you know, stay in their lane, you know, it's like find out what you're good at and, and just run with it. And that's, kind of what I did I just found something I was passionate about and what I was good at and I didn't give up you know it's like there may have been some days where it was you know a little bit rougher than others and you know you you just wanted to quit and give up and and maybe go get a real job again but at the end of the day that the smell of melting powder you know like it just there's just something about it that gets me excited you know and there was nothing about liquid or sanding bondo or doing metal work or any of the things that I did prior to this as a kid growing up with my brother, it was like, this is kind of my thing. And I feel like I fit here. I'm not going to go anywhere, you know? Yeah. That's how Ross and I feel. I I know Ross, when he discovered powder coating, um, it, it was that feeling like I finally found my place, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And like the last two years, worn a million hats, done a million things prior to this. This is, you know, we're older. We're not your age. We're older. And so we had a lot of, and it's funny because when you look back at your life, you, 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 you look back and you see, oh, wow, all these things that I did prior to this has led me to this moment, you know? Yeah. When it's like, I was, I'm like sitting here before this podcast, like nervous, like I'm like shaking, I'm like freaking out. <laughs> and it's just like, I feel like, you know, every aspect of me powder coating everything that I've done has led me to this point and given me all this knowledge that I can't contain you know like you couldn't contain all my knowledge in one episode or five like we're all still learning we're all still experimenting and that's the thing is it's like 
once you get that bug and once you figure out, you know, or it's just like a light bulb goes off and it's just like everything powder coating wise just kind of becomes effortless. And mm-hmm. like, you just become one with your gun and you become one with your oven and everything just starts flowing and stuff. And it, that's like something it's, it's hard to, to come by, you know, like I grew up racing BMX and motocross and those were the things that I was very passionate about for a long time. And I'm still a big fan of today, but I, I get a lot of those, you know, feelings and those emotions when I, pull out a hot load of something and I turn the music on and I'm just jamming and I'm in my own element. I get those same endorphins running through my body as I would, you know, if I was racing a, a big national when I was a kid or, yeah. you know, and I feel well, like that's the one thing that worries me about all the new people coming out. And they don't know the suffer part. They don't know. Well, they don't know, but we're all <laughs> on our own journey there. But, but I think that it, it's like, they're just starting to be starting but there's no, uh, there's no story yet. There's no um, journey. Nothing's really sparked them yet. It's, and it's like, well, where, what are you going to say about your, your website? Well, I don't, I'm not going to get that, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm like, no, you don't understand. There are certain things that you have to craft to make a brand. You know, nobody's just going to go to you because you're just around the corner from the other guy. You got to give them a reason this thing right here the signature believe it or not that was the signature i got sick and tired of signing my full name on invoices in my paint booth because a job come in and you got an invoice and you got to sign off and you i you know there's a little note section that i would write you know how many passes or i would write equations just in case i came back to it you know and after a while i got so tired of signing my full name i just started doing the ap thing and then it's turned into like the little star ap thing and then I just kept daydreaming about that and daydreaming about that and daydreaming about that. And then I was just like, you know, things kind of molded into it, another thing. And I had my other logo with my face on it and stuff. And that kind of, that put me out there that put, you know, mm-hmm. my face to my product that gave me brand recognition. And then I was like, okay, I got to bring this in. We brought this in and kind of put it on shirts. And then now it's on my mod. Right. And that's kind of like a, you know, it's, it's cool. Like to, to see like your signature, your seal of approval, you know, like kind of become a thing kind of in a household name kind of way, you know, and that's kind of what I'm trying to do with powder coating. I don't want to just be a painter. You know what I mean? I don't want you to look at, Oh, Palmer's powders is a powder coater. Yeah. I might be a powder coater, but I want to bring other things to powder coating. I would like to, you know, maybe make tools, you know, and, you know, in certain aspects, you know, like certain tools for certain applications of depending on what you're painting, you know, like, and that's where you got to kind of go. You got to like, for me, I'm not thinking about what's the next thing I'm going to be coding. I'm kind of thinking on like, what's the next collaborative thing I can be doing that not only, you know, it puts my name out there, but it's also putting somebody else's name out there. Kind of like this whole podcast, you're bringing me on to build me up. And then also in return, you're going to be surprised at what I do once I leave here, I have this whole other, you know, platform that I can speak upon that I can say, you know, for my powder coating people, or I can recommend people that are having problems. I can tell them to come listen to you now because you have a lot of information to relay. You, you have to deal with Ross. You have to deal with all the books and, and, and you order the paint. So at the end of the day, it comes down to, you've learned a lot of knowledge to tell him to pass on to him, you know, and 
if you know it's like at this point we have such this base to start growing on and it's going to take you and ross to bigger places and and to learn other experiences and and other things and that's just the cool part of you know people that are open to this is it's it's gonna fucking blow up quick <laughs> i hope so i mean i really want that to happen i think the industry is ripe for it um and hopefully it just, blows we up deserve it we just we deserve it you deserve it i deserve it ross deserves it well and any and if you think about it your community deserves it you know what i mean like hawaii the the community you guys are serving you're not only serving to look cool you guys have to preach corrosion protection there's there's so much more that you guys know than just looking cool then you know you guys have to deal with salt in your air you have to deal with humidity like there's so much shit that us mainland people you know yeah we deal with but we don't deal with island like conditions we don't deal with tropic conditions like and you guys in a sense are on the forefront of making that product better in that environment you know what i mean and you're bringing it to your community to where your community thrives off of that and that's one thing that you know i feel like we need to preach is yeah i may be a separate person in my community but I'm going to offer you a better product. You're going to get your money's worth. You're going to feel better walking out my door. You're not going to feel jaded. And if you do, I'm going to try to make it feel, make you feel better about it. You know? Uh, Well, this, you know, we're scaling again because we kind of got hit back uh, down from the COVID thing and rebuilding our shop and, and all of that with the new location. And you know, just, we're just doing like we did before, which is we waited for a job to help pay for this oven to be mm-hmm. built. I'm not going to go and just buy, you know, we, we have the, the knowledge to build it. It's not even that anymore. Yeah. It's the time it's and the money, money that you got to fall into exchange. Right. So we waited and sure enough, you know, this railing that we're doing next week is, has been a nightmare for this, uh, construction company where they, ordered it from the mainland. It came out of Pennsylvania. They sent the first one over and it had all these different weird angles. And, you know, of course they didn't weld it right. And it doesn't, doesn't meet the wall. And I mean, it's just one, you know, aside from that. That's crazy. You guys don't have any good, like. Oh, no, no, no. They, we do. They just decided to order it from Pennsylvania because it was cheaper. (sighs) That was six months ago. That gives me like. Yeah, that freaks me no, out. No, it's it's the classic thing that people do here. It it really is. They well, it's like it sounds like classic fucking handrail builders here that would bring me a rail, not test fit it, and then bring it back the next day and be like, "Hey, can you recoat this? Because I <laughs> yeah. I had to fix it." And you're like, yeah. "Or can I fix yeah, it on five the Five days job? from can now, I, I can. Yeah, can I fix it on the well, job? Well, the code inspector's coming at like five o'clock, and I said it'd be done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've been there because we're so far away from the mainland. But you know, like I went to this, you know, she could only imagine she bought it from right where she originally bought it from. And on this website is everything you need to know about a gate except for the coating. Like they say they're powder coating it, and that's all they say. There's no spec, there's no nothing, anything about the kind of finishes you're gonna get or how we do it or anything. What kind of weird website is this? So I realized the gig was up then, you know, and then so now they're trying to just satisfy the homeowner at this point because the homeowner's holding back the last payment, right? And so yeah. this is dragging on, and I'm sure it's like tens of thousands of dollars that they're waiting on for this 
you know, $3,000 gate, you know, railing. So they finally went and got it done locally and we're getting it next week. Uh, and what so, color is it going? Oh, so the thing is, is you should see the horrendous photos they sent us. It looks like a chrome, uh, but the chrome isn't done well at all. Like it's like a prismatic chrome or could be OGF chrome, but, or even a Columbia chrome, but it's uh, milky, you know, it's kind of weird in some places. It just, oh, it's awful. It's awful. So um, to think that somebody wants to put that outside scares me. No, it's an inside railing. Oh, it is? Yeah. Well, at least it's it inside. Even, it makes it even more, you know, mm -hmm. like if it your was eyes are way more on it. Yeah. You know, and I'm looking at the coating and just looking at how crappy this coating is. If they were trying to attempt some kind of a, a chrome uh, or reflective look or any kind of like silver, even it didn't even come out right. I don't even know what they shot and they wouldn't tell, they wouldn't tell us. I said, well, find out what powder, because obviously that's the powder that they picked. So I got to go and order that, whether it's Columbia or Frizz or, um, yeah, or wherever. anybody, right? Wherever. And they wouldn't tell me. Um, and then on top of that, you know, you, they were about ready to send. So they made it again. They, 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 they made a new one again. And this time we discovered that they were mixing uh, aluminum with steel. Yeah. So the top rail was aluminum, but the, but this every, oh my God, it's just a Frankenstein thing. And I'm like, how is that? You're already having like dissimilar metals. Do you think that's going to last here in Hawaii? With the I'm so picky, even to the point of like on all your, like all your bases to where your, your handrail is going to get bolted to. All yeah. those plates, I'll go in and bevel all those edges so you can't get wow. any bulge. Yeah. yeah. And I'll go in and I'll scrape all the freaking little BBs and clean everything up. So they ordered an aluminum railing, but they really didn't get an aluminum railing. The top rail is aluminum, but the other stuff is all made out of steel because it's cheap ass and whatever. And, and I gave this lady a whole education to just the fact that I you know, helped her kind of think through this thing, you know, like with the pictures and what I was seeing. And I'm like, this isn't what you're, you're, you're ordering this. But this isn't what you're getting, you know, now far be it for me to tell this manufacturer and this powder coater. So sure enough, they powder coated and they're ready to ship it out, but they realize that the coating isn't right. It's a little messy and it's not passing their inspection. And they're wondering, should we spend another week sending it back to the powder coater. So they're not even doing in-house powder coating, which means they have no control over the quality of what they're getting once they send it out. On top, of the, fact the dice. On, on top of the fact that they built it wrong in the first place, and this is the second railing that they're having to do. And yeah, it was one of those, but hey, it came our way. We're able to build our big oven. We're able to, you know, finally. That's usually, that's usually how it is. It's like, it's always some crazy, convoluted, stressful, job that you know that ends up you know you get to the end of it you can wipe your hands clean and then it, it works out you know yeah and they know to do it local and get it done right with maui powder works right now they you know, know for the next they're not going to make that mistake again you know so um yeah it's you know it's it's good we're almost like it's almost for us it's like starting over again or starting again it, it's mm -hmm. uh that was the big thing even i would I did like a big change just to put inside my shop. I, I had my bench in one area, 
and I moved it to a different area and then we got the bigger oven in and there was a lot of changing of where my, you know, my area was going to be. And even for like a good month, it kind of threw me off mentally because I wasn't, you know, used right. to not being in that one spot, you know, and it was just kind of, it's kind of weird what, you know, little things can kind of affect you or kind of throw you off of your flow and, and kind of disrupt you. But I think at the end of the day, as a good powder coder, we're always contradicting ourselves or we're always second guessing ourselves. So like, I, I feel like if we can all kind of learn how to just bite our tongue, believe in ourselves and just get over certain humps, like we would just be better off, you know, but that's not how, you know, that's no, not how Murphy's law habit, works right? or. Yeah. You know. habit. Yep. Yeah. Well, what do you think we should ask the listeners? Like I always try to end with some kind of a thought provoking question. Don't be quiet now. <laughs> <laughs> a thought-provoking question. Well, like, you know, um, yeah. I mean, it, it just usually surrounds yourself or, you know, around the subject or topic that we've been talking about. You know, like, I'm always about brand. I'm always, you know, I have that marketing edge. So, you know, you know, I guess, what do you think of the directory? That's a good one. Kind of just soft softly disclosed what we're doing. I want to do another, you know, maybe get Ross on or somebody just to kind of introduce it more formally, but you know, it's just, we're in a soft launch right now and we're going to start advertising. And I think, I mean, what do you think of the directory? Uh, you kind of got a little peep show on it. I think you, you guys are going to all have to kind of fucking hold on because uh, we're getting shot into outer space, in my opinion. You know, it's like a, this is a big thing. And, and, you know, like a lot of people, I don't think they're going to understand the severity of it or they're not going to understand it at the beginning, but then there's going to be a lot of things that come from it that make people understand. And it's kind of like, I don't know, kind of go back to like what Shia Buff says about like being casted by Spielberg, you know, like he was ready to be casted by Spielberg, but he wasn't ready to be stuck in that rocket ship and shot out into fucking orbit. And then, you know, okay, you're out in orbit. What do I do now? Okay. You know? And I think there's going to be a lot of, this will either make or break people. It's going to put people out there that are actually doing real, honest, true work. And then it's going to decipher you from the people that are kind of blowing smoke up your ass. Yeah. You know, I and that's, that's honestly, that that's what you do need in this industry. And, you know, it's, not to, to badmouth people, but you know, if there's people out there that are doing stuff and spreading wrong information about what we're doing, it really kind of sends an echo throughout the, the whole industry. And this industry is quite a big echo chamber and you, you know, you've experienced that quite a bit. And I try to, I honestly try to avoid it. You know what I mean? I try not to, to be in anybody's drama or, you know, I'm out here doing my own thing. And, and that's kind of like the benefit. I'm in Idaho. I don't, I don't have any of my big vape friends that are around me, you know, distracting me with what I'm doing. I don't have a lot of people, car people in the industry that are by my shop a lot, you know, fucking bugging me or anything. So I really just get to go and, and shut myself off from the world and then come out of my shell and, and post it on social media. And I'm glad that this is coming out because this is giving me more of a chance to break out of my shell Right. you know, as a powder coder and as a custom coder myself and, you know, to be able to bring my skill set to wheels and to other things instead of just doing little, little mods. 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's, I, and, you know, the world we live in is, is sometimes derived by influencers in the market. Um, it, it's just the nature of our society now, thanks to Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah, and that's like another like thing. I really, I don't want to be an influencer. Well, but in a sense, you know, a lot of people don't. I'm not saying, you know, unless you're Kim Kardashian or whatever, whoever. Exactly, right. Or Kylie, Kylie Jenner or whatever. I mean, that's not what I'm, I'm not talking about that. No, I totally get what you mean, but you got to look at it in the aspect of like, there is influencers in this industry, like certain people influence certain products. And obviously that's how they're, they make their money. I'm not knocking that, but I'm not yeah. going to be, you know, like I'm, I would like people to, you know, endorse me maybe, or, or endorse Maui powder works. I would like to see endorsements, but I don't want to see like this whole influencer bullshit because then it kind of gets, yeah. it kind of gets mis misconstrued and kind of like how we're talking, you know, and what's kind right. of like irritating all of us, you know, people that have been here for years and that are, you know, working our hard asses off for this, you know, these things like. Uh, maybe, maybe influencer isn't the right word, but it's, it's leadership in, in some sense of the word, like, you know, you're not necessarily uh, um, looking at other powder coaters. You know, like, I guess you, you're, you're certainly doing something way, way different than mm -hmm. everybody else. You may not look at yourself as a leader in that sense, but you are in the sense that you're doing something so, so different than, than the yeah, I'm trying to, I, I guess it's like I'm really trying to bring something to powder coating to just really open, to open up everybody's eyes. Like, you know, when people say you can't do that, like, okay, yeah, you may be not able to do certain things chemically. We understand that and, and on a chemistry basis, yeah. but there's things that, you know, our industry hasn't allowed our coders to take the time to figure out what I've done. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the thing is like, I want people to just fucking shut the clock off for 10 minutes or an hour and just let your mind go crazy. You know, like, yes, we get it. Bills have to be paid. And I, I trust me, I'm, on that same train i have bills i have to pay too but there is still common ground like you said you can bring the price down to a certain point to where still everybody is fucking happy you know you're still making your money they're still making you're you're making your customer happy or in my instance like certain things i have to chop my price down but yeah i still make money but then that product can still get in the hands of consumers at a, at a reasonable price you know what i mean yeah and that's the thing like okay, if my brother can do airbrush work or car paint work at the same rate I can, what's the difference between us? Mm -hmm. There really isn't other than the chemical, you know, things that are dividing us, you know, and, and that's the thing. It's like, I've just taken the time and realized that, you know, an hour of your time, you can actually figure out a lot of shit that people told us we couldn't do with powder. Right. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, no, it's just because I wasn't in the area or the environment that allowed me to do that. You know what I mean? I remember I tried to do a set of two-tone wheels for my boss one time and I blew their all their minds once I started wiping this wheel and I got halfway through it and he's like, oh, blow it off. This is taking too long. <laughs> okay, get the tack rag out. You can clean it off. <laughs> you know, and it's just, those, and that's just the thing, you know, like I feel like obviously our industry is too, it costs a lot to get into. It costs a lot to take your time to, to fuck with it. And you know, once stuff starts flying through the gun, you can't get that back, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. 
my and that's why I'm so into people's stories, you know, and as it's not like it is in influencing or myth building, but um, but there is a story behind every powder coat or be and but there are some that are doing something so different that it intrigues me to have them on the podcast to to get their story out more and to get that exposure. Um, and what is, you know, the question to our listeners is what makes you different? What's your differential? You know, what's your what's your story? What is uh, what's your uniqueness? That's a big thing that they're talking about in all these pivot seminars that I'm attending and stuff like that, you know, with COVID-19 and how are you different, you know, and, and what are you going to bring to the industry? You know, um, I want to connect everybody. It's like herding cats right now. <laughs> I think you know? the difference, I think for me is like, what I bring is just open your mind, like stop, stop holding yourself back so much. Stop, stop being so scared. Like, don't be scared, like figure it out. It's all, it's all about learning and it's all about having that knowledge. So when that person does come in your door and they want something, guess what? Maybe two years ago, somebody wanted something and I could have been honest with them and be like, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. But now I've done so many different kinds of things that I can think of that I don't have any ideas anymore, <laughs> but I know certain things are possible and I know things aren't. So it's like what I can bring to the industry or what I can bring to companies or whatever it may be, or even just coders that have questions. It's like, just stop being scared at the end of the day and just go with it, you know, like yeah. nothing ever happened from just sitting by, like, you know, I got sick and tired of watching videos of Sean and all these powder coat guys and all these guys on, on Instagram. I got so fucking tired of seeing all this cool shit and not being a part of it. Mm -hmm. So I did something about it, you know, it's like, yeah. and that's just really, you know, we live in such a society today where everybody wants everything fucking handed to them. And that's in this industry, it, it kind of, you know, you, you nothing comes handed to you. You're sweating your ass off. You're always in a hot environment or it's, you know, it stinks or it burns or you've hit your hand with a sandblaster or, or something, you know, it's like, it's not for the, the kind hearted, no. you know what I mean? <laughs> not and for the faint of heart. Yeah. I think, you know, that's my benefit of, you know, growing up racing dirt bikes and, and BMX. I enjoyed suffering. You know what I mean? I enjoyed the whole, <laughs> the whole, just the, the grinding, just the grit, to the, yeah. you know, to get to the point of winning, you know? And yeah. I think that's one thing about powder coating that, you know, you got to suffer just a little bit, but once you're done suffering that instant gratification of that product coming out of the oven, you know, it's, yeah. it, it's you can't yeah. match it. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, people that I think that's another quality is they love a challenge, you know? Um, cause how they really realize accepting the challenge could fit they could fail um or they could be in over their heads but they're not going to allow themselves to do that and they're going to stick through it until they get it right uh stuff you know so um there is that too that you should have in order to to succeed or have in your brand you know that you know, because at some point somebody's going to ask you that question, can you do this rim or can you do this part like this? And you're going to have, you're going to be either. Well, you're, you're, either a no good coach, yes. you're either a good applicator or you're an applicator that doesn't know, you know, not to say that you're not a good applicator. It's not saying that, but certain, certain powders, 
you know, have certain, you have to have certain skill sets for them. Like you have to know how to set your gun up to spray a hammer correctly or spray a vein correctly, you know, and, and, you know, certain colors, you know, I, I can tell you straight up, like certain colors, I, I'm scared to death of, cause I've had bad experiences with, you know, yeah. but it takes you time and experience, time and experience to get over those hurdles, you know, and it's just certain things, you know, certain powder coaters will say no to things because they just don't know how to, or they're, you know, they're just scared of messing something up, you know, like. Yeah. And I think that that's where like, you know, people get worried. There's so many people coming into this market and they don't know what they're doing. And, and I'm like, just relax. They're, they're either going to or swim, you know, like let them, you know, they're going to get burned or they're going to run out of money or, Energy. Or you're going to be fixing their work six months or, from now. Or you're going to be fixing their work or, you know, it, it's, you just need to kind of let it happen. And I know it's harder because you're, you know, you might be in more of a competitive area uh, of the country. And there definitely are some areas we're actually doing, like, I just um, kind of scraped a lot of data just to help with building the directory and working through. Yeah, all you got like the biggest custom coder close to me is forever powder coating out of Tacoma, Washington. Mm -hmm. And those guys do some killer work. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't survive either. No, I'm doing just fine. I figured out my own little niche, you know, I'm doing just fine. And that's the thing, you know, it's not, I'm not here to be scared of, you know, people taking work for me or, or vice versa that, you know, I've figured out my own way. And I think at this point, you know, if I'm 10, 11 years into powder coating and I'm a year over a year now being self-employed with Palmer's powders. You know, I think at this point, if I'm scared about people taking my work, you know, I'm, I, I feel like I'm probably in the wrong industry, you know, to have those to, to be second guessing yourself like that. And, you know, like if you're worried about that kind of stuff, then your work obviously doesn't speak for itself enough, you know, and that's, that's really kind of what it goes from, you know, and I couldn't say it better. Yeah. You just said it. It's so well said there. You know, I, I, I started in the dirtiest, dingiest powder coating shop in this area, but guess what? Still to this day, that shop pumps out some of the best work probably in the world, you know, from just solid colors, you know, and I got to learn from that and I got to take what I liked from that process and mix it with other processes and to see what didn't really work and what did work the best, you know, and I feel like in the Northwest, besides certain people that are still obviously coding industrial wise and on the gun, you know, 10 hours a day. I feel like in this area, I could, I could be, you know, one of the top painters for just knowledge for people, you know, to help. And, and that's just kind of like the thing, it's just time and experience and just being humble about it, you know, like not being cocky about what you're doing and just let, let your work talk. Yeah, and I don't think, you know, the community can't grow unless we do kind of just stop and, and have conversations like this and have you share that information or share that knowledge because that's how we're all really going to grow and make make it better. Because so It's really like every shop I've ever been in, this shop talks shit about that shop and that shop talks shit about that shop. And guess what? None of those guys know each other. They don't know each other's names. They don't They don't know who they are. You know, yeah. and, and that's the funny thing about it. You know, it's like it's you all you all can run your fucking mouths. But at the end of the day, I've been a lead painter in all three of these shops and none of you guys know each other. You know, it's like and that's the thing that, 
you know, it cracks you up at the end of the day is it's like, guess what? Not, not one shop in this town can deal with every manufacturer, every handrail guy, every dude wanting to fucking do his car. There's enough work for y'all to deal with, you know? And, and that's why I got away from it and started my own shop and, and didn't want to fight over contract jobs. You know, like if I'd never have to see a handrail again, a day in my life, I did something right, you know, like, and that's just like where I'm at, you know, I, I feel like I'm probably one of the younger dudes in the industry, but I started when I was 17 and I walked away from it when I was 26 and now I'm 29 rolling onto 30 this year. And you know, that my future's bright and I, you know, it's, it only, things only keep coming and that's the way I want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's been great talking to you. We could talk all day. Right. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I'll have to turn this into a one, two or three parter here. Heck yeah. Um, well, whenever you guys need help or anything, you guys have questions about anything, or if you guys want to get in touch with Cardinal, I can get you guys in touch with Cardinal really well. And, and yeah, it would be nice to have uh, some powder uh, suppliers on the show. We haven't had success with that yet. Um, and, uh, I, I don't know what that is. I think there's a shyness of some sort of, or maybe a not understanding of what I it think is. it's more of like, uh, I think it's just more of like, they're just so, you know, they're desk driven jobs. You know what I mean? They're so, yeah. they're in their offices, you know what I mean? And, and it's like, even Alex, like Alex from Cardinal, he would be a rep to have on your show because he's so full of knowledge and he's the dude that can get movement going and and within Cardinal, you know, and, and making other people maybe follow. Right. Yeah. And that's all it takes. Is it, it takes one little duckling for everybody else to yeah. be like, Oh, we got to hop on this train. Right. And that's why I'm here. I seen Sean the other day on here and I was like, I got to go talk to her and, <laughs> and reach out to Ross and go blow their minds. So. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure having you and I'm so glad to know you and, uh, have you be a part of helping build what we're doing, you know? It's been an absolute honor and uh, I can't wait to see what the future holds for everybody. It's been a, it's been an awesome conversation. Yeah. Awesome. So, okay. Well, right on. You guys have an awesome night and uh, tell Ross and everybody else. I said, hi. Okay. Aloha. Yeah. Aloha. <laughs>